It's time for Twit This Week in Tech. Wow, we have a great panel for you. Kashmir Hill from Fusion, uh, from Engadget, Roberto Baldwin, and an old friend of mine, David Corsi, who has been on in ages. We're going to talk about the latest uh, news, including Facebook Live, WWDC, E3, VR, the Moto Z. It's all coming up next on Twit. Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Bandwidth for This Week in Tech is provided by Cashfly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This is Twit This Week in Tech, episode 566, recorded Sunday, June 12th, 2016. I prefer cash. This Week in Tech is brought to you by Harry's. For guys who want a great shave experience for a fraction of what they're paying now and $5 off your first purchase, go to harrys.com slash twit. Just in time for Father's Day, check out their limited edition Father's Day set. And by audible.com. Sign up for the Platinum Plan and get two free books. Go to audible.com slash twit2. And by Squarespace. Squarespace is the simplest way to create a cover page or beautiful website for your portfolio, blog, business, or online store. Enter the offer code TWIT and get 10% off. And by FreshBooks, the super simple cloud accounting software that's giving thousands of freelancers and small businesses the tools to save time billing and get paid faster. Try it free at freshbooks.com slash twit. It's time for Twit This Week in Tech, the show where we cover the week's tech news. Oh, I like this panel. This is going to be a very interesting show. That's my prediction. Uh, we'll start over here on my left. Kashmir Hill is here from Fusion, She, uh, where she uh, works so hard on a lovely uh, enterprise called Real Future. Hello, Kashmir. Great to have Hello. you. Hello. Nice to be on. You hacked a stranger's smartphone, you lived on Bitcoin, and you paid a surprise visit to the NSA's Utah Data Center. Better than hacking a stranger's smartphone, I hacked their home. Oh, even oh, smart home. Oh, yeah. That's, that's trivial. It's so much easier. It, it was it was disturbingly easy. Actually. <laughs> Involved a Google search. I, I mean, I thought you were elite hacker, but no, she just hacked a smart, you know, house. That's easy. They just sitting there, sitting ducks. We did actually did a whole show this week on uh, Security Now on baby monitors, which are trivially easy to hack. They're getting hacked. Yeah, they've been getting hacked for years. And they, Trivial. You know, my brother should not be able to improve yeah. the security. My brother has uh, one of the, the, the he had like the uh, monitoring camera from the same company that had those baby cameras that got hacked. Yeah. And one day he's sitting there watching TV, his wife's ironing, and he hears from the camera, hey, <laughs> hey, you, <laughs> hey, you guy watching TV, hey, lady, hey, you lady ironing. He's like, oh my, and he's like turned everything off. And... <laughs> my camera's talking to me. That's Roberto Baldwin from Engadget. <laughs> Hey, I want to do that. That would be fun. I want to do that to people. He was kind of freaked out. Hey, hey you. Hey, you. <laughs> hey, you guy watching television. Also with us, and it's kind of an interesting story here, David Corsi, who I think is an old friend and has been on our shows many times, but he asserts he's never been on our uh, You are an old friend. Yes. I've been in your studio. Yes. I've been in studios that you have been in just before I was in, but I don't think you and I have ever conversed on in the, front of an audience. Air. Well, yeah, I don't think so. I've known David for more than two decades. I don't. I can't understand this. Anyway, David's been 
uh, uh, knocking around with the tech reporting uh, for years. You saw him on CNET. He was at Forbes. He was uh, uh, where else? You demo PC letter everywhere. Info world. That's right. You worked PC, PC letter world. for a while, didn't you? Did I was yeah. I was at Zip, I was at Ziff for a little while. I've written for. I've been everywhere. E Week. I've been. I've done USA Today. You know I've they. The funny story, a lot of people tweeted me when uh, the news came out that Gawker was going in bankruptcy and was going to sell out to Ziff Davis. They said, oh, you must laugh at that as a long time like you, David, uh, Ziff Davis employee. And I said, no, wait, that's not Ziff Davis. That doesn't that the people who own PC Magazine, Extreme Tech, the old Ziff Davis assets are far from Ziff Davis It's J2 Global. They're known yeah, for it's not Bill Ziff anymore. Oh, it has been not... Bill Ziff for years. Yeah. But now it's like uh, it's a it's the strangest Think because J two Global they do e voice and e fax. Oh, e fax. Yeah, I mean, ooh, that's a big one. Well, apparently they've made some money because uh, they've then started to buy up um, content, digital content stuff. So they bought PC Magazine. That's where they, I guess, you get the name Ziff Davis. But it ain't the, it ain't your father's uh, Ziff Davis. It's a very strange conglomeration. So I don't well, know. Well, they needed another e, so they bought e week. E week. Yeah, they own Geek, Geek.com, yeah. uh, Fuse Mail. It's a strange, we live in a, we live in strange times. That's all I can say. It's diversifying. Yeah. So what, what do you think of this uh, Gawker thing? Gawker announced uh, uh, that because uh, they, they are not being, they have to put up the money that they owe Hulk Hogan, $140 million. They can't do it. Chapter 11 bankruptcy, and they put themselves up for sale. And I don't know if, if, the news if Davis will get them or not, but they've put up a $100 million bid, which is kind of the starting point for the auction. Uh, if nobody else comes along, then they will. Um, we were talking before the show began. I mean, this, this is this is kind of one of those, for journalists, no-win situations. On the one hand, uh, Gawker dragged journalism through the mud in some respects. Well, I think a lot of publications over the years have dragged journalism through the mud. I mean, yeah, they've, they've done some good that. work, but you're only going to remember, like, you right. know, what I worked at Gizmodo for six months. Gizmodo's good. Jalopnik's yeah. good. Is uh, some Okatu uh, is good. I've, you know, Gawker's Gawker. And there's uh, you know, do you, do you, so I, I knew there. I mean, what's your relationship with Nick? Do you like him? Is he a nice guy? I, I don't really. I don't have a relationship with Nick. That's a, that's my relationship. I, I talked to him uh, Nick once Denver, owner. Uh, when I got hired at Gizmodo, and then I might have said hi to him at a company party, and that's Apparently, really about it. I've never I've never had a conversation with him other than. Hi, welcome to Gizmodo. Hi. Apparently, at Thanks one point, uh, money. Nick right. Denton and Owen Thomas, both of whom uh, are openly gay, announced or felt that it was best to out uh, Silicon Valley uh, stalwarts who are also gay but closeted, including Peter Thiel. And Peter didn't take well. That was over a decade ago uh, because at the time, uh, maybe even it's true today, I, I wouldn't be surprised. It'd be very hard to raise money in some areas like Saudi Arabia if you were known to be gay. Mm -hmm. And he took uh, offense to that uh, and then sub subsequently secretly funded uh, Hulk Hogan and perhaps others fight against Gawker, a fight that Hulk won, although that will be appealed. Uh, and it was enough to put uh, Gawker out of business. And while many journalists feel like, gosh, we really ought to defend the First Amendment, uh, others say... Couldn't happen to a nicer fella. <laughs> so, I, where do you stand on it, Kashmir? What's your take on this? Well, I, I think Peter Thiel is far from the only Silicon Valley billionaire who hates Gawker. Uh, 
Uh, during I'm not Valley that Wags. fond of them, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, during Ballywag's heyday, they went after a lot of billionaires. Uh, Sheryl Sandberg at one point reportedly said that the person who wrote Ballywag should be shot. Um, so they're not beloved in Silicon Valley. But I, you know, I criticize Gawker a lot. I think they sometimes go too far in stories. Um, I thought the posting of the Hulk Hogan sex tape before we found out about Peter Thiel's involvement um, was was horrible and that, you know, they, they shouldn't have done it. Um, but I also think Gawker does, you know, really great, important, provocative reporting <laughs> and they're always pushing the line. Um, and sometimes they go too far, but, uh, you know, I do think that they have done really good work over the years along with stuff that, um, I, I found questionable. And if they do, you know, if they do end up, uh, declaring bankruptcy and getting sold, Gawker, Gawker itself might go away, the, the actual main property covering media, but their other, I mean, their blogs are going to stick around, Gizmodo, Lifehacker, uh, Deadspin, uh, Jalopnik, they're, they're such valuable properties. They're going to keep doing what they do, um, maybe not quite as provocative as they have been in the past. Gizmodo got in a little trouble, too, uh, with checkbook journalism, right? They bought the iPhone 4 when it was left behind in a bar. Yes. Um, and and uh, Denton's never shown any reluctance to pay money for a scoop. Uh, so I mean that that which is yeah I mean which which you know a, a lot of journalists including myself find you know and I worked at TMZ so yeah I, you know I worked at TMZ about. and and Gizmodo so <laughs> you know, what you're you talking know, about I've, I've been everywhere David you were concerned that uh, this is a Peter Thiel's actions have a chilling effect and that you know you're worried about the next billionaire coming along and suing some because of something he doesn't like uh oh oh David you're muted. You're muted. Unmute. Can't hear you. <sighs> yes, I'm unmuted. I'm better okay. now. I, I, some of today's billionaires, I think, are way more unhinged than the old ones used to be. I never lived <laughs> in particular. I never lived in particular fear of Bill Gates, although uh, Philippe Kahn certainly did for years. Uh, I never thought that those people were going to come sue me. But, you know, at InfoWorld, at the places that I worked, we never did any of the kinds of things. But we called names, and we, we certainly made some of these folks pretty unhappy. You'll remember when uh, she was used to run Novell, now as executive chair at Google, uh, CNET put his home address and information like that, that they got off of Google they published it, and there was that big boycott. That was a of big CNET. deal, wasn't it? Because yeah, it was a. Big, but they said, "Hey, look, we Googled it, Eric. This is it's, it's public." Yeah, Eric Schmidt, you know, why are you so touchy? Yeah. You know, you do this to us, you know, but you're I, a billionaire, and therefore you're much too. But good he to didn't have this to his. To you. you know, he didn't sue them or fund secret lawsuits yeah. behind the scenes against them. So. No, they just boycotted CNET, and right. eventually they kissed and made up. These yeah. things happen. I remember uh, on Tech TV, we were very concerned about showing how to hack the Xbox the original Xbox when it came out, because Microsoft was a big advertiser. But to their credit, and this was when it was Ziff Davis, uh, the uh, the management said, no, no, you go ahead and do your editorial job, and we'll worry about the lost advertising yeah. revenue. And, and a lot of times these things, these boycotts don't last very long. Yeah. I know Microsoft well, has in the past boycotted PC Magazine for a week. <laughs> a <know>? week? <laughs> or whatever. You know, it's not, it's hard. Hardball. Yeah, I know. Hey. Well, it is, actually. It could be a significant loss of revenue. But that was back during the day when the publishers and the vendors had significant ongoing relationships. And there was some, 
equality of terror between the right. two sides. Right. Once you have all of these little publications that are struggling to survive, even brand names that we know, they don't have any power. You know who I'd worry about is Apple. Now, maybe less so now, but they put Think Secret out of business, sued them oh, out of yeah. existence. Um, under Steve Jobs, Steve Jobs was never reluctant to sue. Steve Jobs wasn't reluctant to do much of anything. Steve yeah, Jobs he did put what his he mind to. to. Yeah. yeah, I mean, well, the, the concern isn't like you know, let's say uh, in Gadget or you know where I work right now or any other place. You know, they write an article that's uh, then makes a billionaire angry. They don't have to win. They just have to keep that's the point, funding right? lawsuits. And so you know, it's, it's, completely it's, it's, the, it's the Scientology, you know, it's right. out of Scientology's playbook in the 90s right. where – Just harass them to death. Yeah, they, just, they would just sue you into oblivion. They didn't right. have to win. Right. They just had to tie you up in court so you couldn't afford to do anything anymore. They'd buy you. That's and the then, real field because yeah. you, you have the legal right to sue and the courts will decide if the First Amendment trumps your right to privacy. And I think that's all sensible. But – when you can sue and spend so much money on lawyers that it actually puts somebody out of business before the judgment, that's another matter. Yeah, that's the. That, I mean, and I think that's the concern for. But remember, Steve got the local police, the local constabulary, to to knock down Brian Lamb's door. No, right? it was or Jason Chen. Jason Chen's yeah. door, and come and take all his stuff because he'd had the iPhone four. Mm -hmm. um, he Steve had no problem going to the local police and saying, "Hey, you got to help me." Actually, there was a task force, like some Silicon Valley investigative task force. Yeah, they went, and the police were compliant. I mean, yeah, you, they were you, doing what the execs wanted. They have something that belongs to us. It's stolen, as far as we're concerned, right? And so the police were. Like, and okay. there was a Borland incident, much earlier than that, in which executive leaves Borland, goes to work someplace else, lawsuits, arrest warrants. I think somebody got arrested as part of wow. that. And I don't want to say who because I'm a little foggy on who it was. But, yeah, that was Philippe Kahn and Borland going after so there's somebody. A, there's a long tradition of this. Yeah. It's a long and occasional tradition. Yeah. But it's usually from a company. Right. Yeah. It's usually a company, like a large company will sue you. This is an individual who has a, a beef with a with a, uh, with a, uh, a publication. It is not in any respect <laughs> illegal for what, what he did, though, right? You can secretly fund. Yeah, it, it looks like, I mean, I think Gawker, they're looking for some sort of legal way to sue him, you know, the countersue or right. whatever. I guess not countersue because he didn't bring the lawsuit. It does seem like a, 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 at least a tradition, if not a law, that you should be able to face your accuser and a secret accuser mm -hmm. funding secretly. Uh, it doesn't feel like fair play, exactly. On the other hand, I'm so happy to see them go. Hey, it was a venture investment, Leo. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah, it was an he saw oh, it as an investment. Oh, an investment. The ROI in that taking, lawsuit. Yeah, and it's taking ROI on the lawsuit. How much did he put in? What's $140 million plus smiting one's enemies? What is yeah. a smite worth? Oh, it's big what bucks. What is a smite worth? Spike, big bucks. I'll tell you, I'd pay uh, almost unlimited funds for smiting some people. <laughs> <laughs> WWDC and E3 start tomorrow. Uh, let's start with uh, WWDC. Apple, I feel like Apple is uh, struggling a little bit to reclaim the magic. And now the latest is no new hardware will be announced at WWDC. It's going to be exactly what it... Supposed to be? Supposed to be, in yeah. title anyway, which is, hey, develop, here's, here's the new OS X, here's a new Mac o, or watch OS, iOS, here's what we're going to do, mm -hmm. the end. No, yeah. no virtual reality, no new uh, MacBooks, nothing. Is there a risk if Apple does that that people just go, oh, God, they're so boring these days? I'm about to say that. Um, they're so boring these days. If they can fix Siri, 
Uh, or how about search in iOS? How long have they had Siri? Like search in iOS is horrible. You pull it down like 50% of the time and like nothing. Go it's ahead and like, try to find an app on the App Store. Yeah. Right? If they can fix those things, I'm just, yeah, go f- yeah, I'm fine. Cuz you know that they're they're going to have their event in October or September right. for the holiday season. That's when all the stuff's going to appear and everyone's going to go gaga, going to buy a new phone, computer, so on and so forth. And so you know they're but they have to take care of, you know, their operating systems. And no, this, I mean, if that means, like, stepping conference. back and really from, from hardware and just focusing on the software, yeah. as a user, I'm, I'm happy. I think, you know, the, 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 the you know, people would be upset because they're not going to hear about a new iPhone or Amazon Echo clone of some sort. But Cashmere, when you sit down at the editorial meeting at the beginning of the day and you say, let's cover Apple, and people go, hey, what, there's nothing going on there. Ever well, since I mean, the, the encryption thing's over, it's been boring. That's the, that's the thing. That's the Apple story right now that's so interesting is still the battle over encryption. And so, you know, the big thing that they could announce that would be very exciting is uh, after the whole debate with the government, they said that they are thinking about encrypting Apple iCloud um, by default, which is not encrypted now and is a way for the government to get in. Uh, when and it messages. Its own itself. And messages, right? Messages have been. you Oh, that's right. Okay. My messages have been encrypted for but some But iCloud, time. we know iCloud. they they will – it's encrypted, they, yeah. but they will give the key to the government anytime they ask. They can, they can get into iCloud. Yeah. Um, so that would be a big change. But, right. yeah, I mean – It's encrypt everything. Software, software is not quite as exciting as, you know, the newest, the newest iPhone. Yeah, well, there will be a new iPhone someday. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm a little – you know, I, we talk about this enough on MacBreak Weekly. We don't need to talk about it here. But I just uh, I worry that Apple has lost interest in desktop computing. You're sitting there with a MacBook Air. It's working. Hasn't, hasn't been updated in years. The Mac Pro hasn't been updated <laughs> since 2013, and it wasn't very good to begin with. And I just feel like they've kind of lost interest. It's like, eh. I we, mean, they make so all, well. They make so much money Why on those phones. Yeah. They're like, oh, we could make some computers too, yeah. or we can make a lot more money with phones. Um, yeah, it's you know I, I you know I'd like a, a brand new MacBook Air that does something magical. OLED, an OLED function yeah. key bar. Maybe not that, but you know. <laughs> does Apple really have anything new out on the horizon? As I remember, Steve Jobs was going to reinvent television. Yeah, that's over. And when and when <laughs> and when Steve died, you know, it was thought, well, they have maybe two years right. of pipeline there. So I guess we're at the end of that pipeline because the watch was in the pipeline, I believe. But that this leaves them with nothing. Declining revenue unless they can get into all kinds of new international markets for the phones. Or, and certainly not very much excitement for the phones. And in Go fact, ahead. I think or, they did. I mean, the China, they got the China bump is done. They got the bump last yeah. year or the year before, and now it's leveled off. I, well, India is India, being reluctant to let right. iPhones in. Um, they may have they may have shut their uh, uh, their nickel on uh, on that in particular. Uh, I, I think don't know. The car, I think they're all in on the car, right? That's I the, think there's still potential growth in China. I mean, China's huge. Yeah, you know, and, and as that company as that country gets you know richer, really, and, some, on a on a citizen level, you know, that's going to be a lot more. But they have some serious competition from some very strong oh, yeah. Chinese companies like Huawei and Xiaomi. I love Xiaomi. They do great and stuff. The I love that phone. Do you have a Xiaomi? I have a Xiaomi. You have a Note. Mi 4? I have a note. note. Yeah, I love that phone. And where'd you get it? Because you, I, I don't. Xiaomi. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Mr. Xiaomi. Senor Sen Xiaomi. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's great. That, no, good luck getting one. 
Sorry. <laughs> they don't sell it in the United States, and, yeah. and everybody's waiting to see if they're going to. Of course, Hugo Barra has yeah. the team now. He was yeah. at Google. And... That's a, I mean, that's it's my favorite phone. Wow. Well, not my favorite. I no, mean, my iPhone's my those, favorite phone, but it's my favorite Android You're phone. one of those hipsters who say, oh. Uh, oh, yeah, I had it first. If you could only have my phone, you would love it. But you can't. I'm sorry. You've probably even heard of this phone. Yeah, it's a sh- what do you use? I had oh, a note before you. Xiaomi Mi Note. What? <laughs> <laughs> too many, I have to say, I have to admit, too many names in uh, technology these days sound like you're talking baby talk. It does. Google and Xiaomi. And you run out of words. You run out of words. They're all out of words. All right, let's take a break. We come back. We got to talk about uh, Phil Schiller revi- revamping the, I don't care about that, the App Store. Major iTunes overhaul. Who cares? It's Well, iTunes, they need if, it. If anything needs to be fixed, it's iTunes. iTunes. I've written like five articles over the course of my career saying, okay, please fix iTunes. For the love of God, please please fix iTunes. And it's still supposedly uh, the Microsoft Word of Apple. Supposedly this week. We will be covering that live. We do our usual uh, kind of Mystery Science Theater 3000 uh, coverage of uh, the keynote 10 a.m. tomorrow, Pacific time. That's 1 p.m. Eastern, 1700 UTC. Be uh, Annie Anako, Megan Maroney, and me. We'll be uh, doing that, and then we'll, of course, talk more about it on Tuesday with Mac Break Weekly. Our show today brought to you by by Razor. Harry's, it's Father's Day, you know. Have you got a Father's Day gift for your dad or your grad? Because we've got graduations going on right now. May I recommend this is the Harry's Father's Day kit. We've talked about Harry's before. Harry's kind of is reinventing the razor industry by buying the factory in Germany and then selling them direct to you they deliver to you in a subscription so you're always got fresh blades but you always have to start with the harry's kit and look at this, this is really nice uh for dad i really like this you get the, uh, the this is a, a new handle for them it's kind of a soft touch uh black handle you get the of course three blades with the kit and they have a new blade carrier that's kind of designed for uh, travel they've got the travel cover this is the stand for the razor. I love this. And you can get this engraved for Dad, too, if you want. Like, you're a swell dad, and you put that on the on the counter there like that. And then Dad gets his choice, or you get your choice for Dad, of the Harry's gel, and it's a full size, or the Harry's cream. This is what I use. I really like it. It's a sleek, giftable box, and you can add the engraving. You can add a personalized card. I got a personalized card that says, to twit from Harry's. <laughs> <laughs> it's arrived for the dad that appreciates aesthetic and function. This handsome set includes everything he needs. And it came from 59903 star 11 star 0017. Thank you, 59903. Appreciate that. Those nice thoughts. Uh, $40, but we're going to show you how to save a little bit. And this giftable set will get your dad started with Harry's. If you've not used Harry's, you've got you to gotta try them. Great blades at about half the price of what you pay in the grocery store or the or the or this drugstore where they lock them up behind plexiglass. Why pay thirty two bucks for an eight pack of blades when you can get them for half the price? And they're great blades from Harry's.com. Now with their iOS app, it's easy to order and easy to renew. Just four taps of the mouse. Harry's.com slash twit. We're gonna give you five dollars off your first purchase if you use that URL. Harry's.com slash twit check out their father's day limited edition set for dads and grads harrys.com slash twit five dollars off something dad will actually uh use we are talking 
the week's tech news. David Corsi, my old friend, is here from decades gone by. And uh, great to have you. I don't understand how I could not have ever had you on the show before, but you... I'm glad we hey, finally got together. It's, it has been a while, but I'm happy to be here. And I shaved just before this show. You look good. With a, Harry, with a Harry's razor that I did not immediately fall in love with, but on about the fourth shave, I decided that it worked really well and I liked it. <laughs> Took you four shaves. Yeah, well, yeah, I was using these the, very the first expensive shave blood 16, going, <laughs> 16, everywhere. No, no was, I never no, cut myself fine, with Harry's. It's really it, good. That yeah, way. yeah. I, I don't cut myself either. Yeah. It just took, and maybe it was the balance, but it's a great razor and great Once blades. You, yeah. It took me about three tries, and now I bought more, and that's what oh, I, I use. Oh, I love it. Me too. Me too. And I also use Squarespace if you want to let me do another commercial. <laughs> yeah, they're coming up. Stand by. We got the Squarespace ad <laughs> just around the corner. Not a requirement, David. You have to understand. You'll come back even if you don't help me with the ad. That's okay. I am happy to help you with the Squarespace. <laughs> uh, I think this is bizarre. Apple is, according to Bloomberg, getting a getting its new radio chips, not from Qualcomm, but from Intel? I thought Intel was getting out of the uh, the mobile business. Intel laid off 12,000 or was planning to lay off 12,000 people, cut out its uh, projects for mobile phones, um, uh, mobile phone chipsets. But apparently, I guess they still make the radio phones and they're going to uh, they're going to well, sell isn't them the Apple. question. Isn't the question how big's the order? Yeah. Well, Apple likes I mean, to second source, I'm sure, because you don't want to be beholden to any one company. Seven Who's going to say no to Apple Seven. potentially ordering a zillion <laughs> right. of these things? It, I mean, I've, I, it's really interesting to watch these stalwarts, Intel of all people, struggle in the new world, you know, and 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 find it hard. Nobody's buying apparently. Nobody's buying PCs, and they're finding it hard to make their way in the in the new mobile world because they never did get a mobile processor going. Well, they got it going, but it was like four or five terrible. years too late. Yeah. That, and then the first that phone that they would, put it in was just horrible. The it's, scale, the scale processor. Somebody, some said that the that was really Intel made a strategic error ten years. It was ago. a huge error. Yeah, and I not was, going after that Apple iPhone more. I, I think I myself and another journalist almost made the uh, person who was running Intel Mobile cry at a dinner once. What you do? We just kept asking him questions why? like, why? What's what? Wrong? What did you do? Why? What, what was you, wrong? Why? why did? You, come on. Why? Did, and he's like, no, we we're, 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 we're just, we just kept like. You know, that's what we're there for. We're journalists. We're there to ask questions. And he I, he cried. Yeah. I feel bad a little bit, but not really because my job and, you know, they should expect that when <laughs> I'm around, I suppose. I don't know. That's why no one likes you. That's why no one likes me. Yeah. This is the only place I'm, I'm welcome. <laughs> You're among friends. I'm, uh, the other badgerers. Apple, uh, or Bloomberg says Apple will use the Intel chips in the AT&T, G, I guess GSM phones, but not on the Verizon chips. Those will be Qualcomm. That makes sense. And if they're going to do it on AT&T phones, they'll do it on their unlocked and their T-Mobile phones as well. Those are GSM. Um, and I would guess the Sprint would also use the Qualcomm uh, chips. Qualcomm owns this market. Um, iPhones sold in China, according to Bloomberg, will also be on the Qualcomm chips. Apple has not commented on this. But that's, uh, you know, it's a little bright, little tiny bright spot in what looks must look very grim to uh, Intel as the future goes mobile and Intel does not. It's not like AMD is knocking them out of the park either, though. Uh, all right. Didn't, didn't, didn't spur any uh, great discussion here. We'll move on. Hey, I have a Broadcom story about Internet of Things whenever you're ready. Yeah, sure. Is it about them being hacked? 
<laughs> no, this was a presentation I went to with a vendor, and it was a press conference event probably four or five months ago. And the presenter is talking about all the wonderful things that the Internet of Things is going to do in agriculture. And it's, you know, it's going to tell you what you need to spray, where you need to spray, what you need to do, what you, you know. And, and he's talking about all the great opportunities there and how many jobs are going to be created. And I collar the guy after the thing and I say, what do you mean? One guy could run a hundred farms sitting in a control room. God only knows where. And he says, but what about all the development? I said, how many times do you have to develop this stuff? You know, once the Internet of Things is basically built and you have the big data analytics built, how many employees does that take going forward? So when people tell you that the Internet of Things is going to create lots and lots of jobs, the other way I, just around, look huh? at, yeah. I just look at this and say, yeah, at the end of the Internet of Things, it's the Internet of no jobs. It's happened already. It's continuing to happen. And there's no reason to believe that the Internet of Things is somehow going to make everything okay for the jobless. There are going to be three people with jobs who are going to be, you know, the super, you know, super, uh, the Bill Joys of the world, the, the Bill Gateses of the world, those kinds of people will have jobs. And, you know, us mere plebeians will be here wondering, you know, wh where all the work went while they still expect us to buy their stuff. That's the really rich part of it. This will well, be the guy. I worked on a school farm for a few summers. And I still had to be the guy to go out and fix everything that broke, like the like the the, the water lines and everything. So there's still gonna, that guy's gonna have a job. Those aren't the best jobs. No, they're not. No, it was a horrible job. <laughs> we had a, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a good job when you're like in high school and yeah, you're poor. Right. <laughs> if you like we dirt, all, yeah. If you like dirt, well, we and all animals. know technology will not work perfectly. Yeah, I don't think there'll ever be a time when there's only one person who can who can run it all. So and then they always the will. We'll get our universal basic income, you know, that they're experimenting. Oh, that, with. right. Yeah, Open sure. Soon. All those people will become security researchers because the Internet of Things is just a big mess. They're yeah. going to be the people who patch all the holes. There will be lots of security jobs. See? That's, you know, that's isn't that the challenge, though, for my kids are in college? I, if you're in if you're in college right now, trying to map out where the jobs will and won't be is quite a challenge. Who knows? Who knows? It's right? going to be a billionaire. And sue company. And sue just, I'll be a billionaire. That's good. <laughs> well, Autonomous even, car mechanic. Even lawyers. Someone's got to we, we had a guy on, uh, actually, a uh, father and son team had just written a book about the future of professional jobs. And they said, don't assume that machine intelligence can't also do a lot of the jobs that lawyers and doctors do better. Uh, oh, yeah. The, the last job AI is going to take is... This job. Developing AI. The one we're doing right now. AI is going to be like it can never be over a developers. Pundit. There will the always be room for pundits. Uh, IBM already has their, their Watson lawyer, Ross. Yeah. Ross. Ross, His right? name is Ross? They named it Ross. I don't know why they named it Ross, but they have. Is he married to Rachel? Are they on a break? <laughs> Ross. It's, like that's not, it's not a very lawyerly name, but no. they named it Ross. And uh, yeah, it's the hey, AI. Hey, Leo, lawyer. there aren't any pundits anymore. Oh, no, don't tell me that. This is the last bastion of the pundit. Hold on. I used to be a real pundit. I'm not a real pundit anymore. Oh. So, and who else? Esther Dyson? Do you I'm see a her? pundit. We're pundits. Aren't we pundificating right now? Mm. We're what's left. <laughs> We're what's left. On. I mean, you're right. You know, you're right. Pundit, Stuart pundit can't even buy a, 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 a Tesla anymore. It's just sad. 
Yeah, it's it's not what it used to be for being a pundit. I'm getting all my talking points from Siri right now. So. <laughs> we had an interview yesterday on uh, the new screensavers with the robot, R-O-W bot. This is a farming robot. It isn't in mass production yet. But, Ooh. yeah, it goes. it's uh, thin enough to go down the corn rows and uh, do things like spread pesticide. Right now they're using it for fertilizer. Um and the other thing it can do that you don't normally do when you're growing corn, I learned a lot about corn yesterday, <laughs> is, is uh, bef- you know, when you want to, the problem is you, you, once you harvest the corn, all the topsoil will blow away or wash away. So you have to put some sort of ground cover in. And the problem is it's too late after you've, you've harvested the corn, then the rain's coming and, and you can't. So the robot will go in and will seed ground cover before you harvest the corn. It goes underneath. The, oh. little, it's a very cute little thing. Uh, That's pretty cool. Thing, yeah. That's the I don't worst think... pun, though. What? The row. Row. Corn row bot. Get it? <laughs> row. Row bot. It's actually it's really, really cute. That's a really big robot for going through corn rows. I mean, yeah. they're probably have to make it smaller, right? No, that's the size. It's only a few feet wide. That's the key, okay. right? Maybe it's just the scales making it yeah. off for me yeah. in my brain. No, it's not, it's not very big. Because if you ever actually walk through a through a cornfield, it's hard. It's yeah. It's not like like yeah. rows. There's not. It's not rows like you think. They're just like corn. Right. <laughs> you like, got to come oh, up uh, next uh, October. We have a corn maze here in Petaluma. It's quite famous. Oh, a corn yeah. maze. Does corn maze. every website now have to look just like that one? Yeah. This is the. What is that look called? There's a look for this where it's a scroll up, scroll up, scroll up. Well, and it's the white on whatever with the box around it and the circular headshot. Is this like what? It's the 2016 cool or what? What is that? Look, I don't. Two years from now, it'll be something else. Squarespace actually has circles. Squarespace has a template for this. Actually, believe it or not, they have a new. They have new templates that because look, this is one of the reasons you don't. Maybe there'll always be a job for a web designer. There should always be a job for any designer because... Because there's... Fashion's change. You want your stuff to, to stick out. And if it all looks the same, you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Circle. 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 Um, all right. We'll, we'll go... We'll wade right into the controversy. Video posted on YouTube. 300,000 views. Uh, 15 million views on Facebook. It's from a group called SourceFed asserting that the Google autocomplete suppresses negative searches about Hillary Clinton. If somebody types Hillary Clinton CRI, Google does not complete it with crimes, but crime reform, crisis, and others. This is Matt Lieberman. Now, Google immediately weighed in on this one. Matt Cutts, even, our our good friend at Google, said, that's ridiculous. We don't, if you do do the same thing with... um, Donald Trump cry, it won't get crimes because we intentionally don't surface, we don't autocomplete that kind of negative stuff. They got in a lot of trouble in the past for mm-hmm. kind of auto suggesting negatives about uh, people. Trump says it's a disgrace that Google would manipulate its searches. Very, very dishonest. They should let it float. It's people, let people see how crooked she really is. Uh, Matt Cutt said it's just false. Um, and by the way, if you do Hillary CRI or Hillary in, you'll see in Hillary indictment, Hillary indictment news. Uh, the best part about the video, because we, it's certainly, you know, we. What you do? Look things into are it? going, things are happening, you know, we, we check them out on Engadget. And you're watching the video, and as they're typing out Clinton or Hillary, the third autocomplete is email, which is. That's a of, crime. That's, the, that's yeah, one of them. And, that's, and they, they, the video kept just kept showing that. I'm like, I. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it, a lot of what <laughs> a lot of what you see in these kind of viral things is just stuff that confirms what you believe, right? And yeah. that's why they go viral. You don't they don't go viral because it's oh shocking. They go viral because it's yeah, see, I told you I'm gonna share this with all my friends. Um I guess there isn't any I don't know. Uh, anybody wanna wanna go to bat uh, for a source fed or <laughs> apparently not. Okay. <laughs> You've got the wrong panel for that. I got the wrong. I don't know. I thought David might, but uh, maybe not. I could if you wanted me to. No, 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 no. You're being way too agreeable. Stop it. I'm happy to help the program, whatever you need. You want to have a fight? I don't want to have a fight. Be angry. Outraged. I am angry and outraged. He is. Actually, we. Hold on. Hold on. How could a man with a dog. Oh, my God. Outraged. Oh, my God. Oh, my. This is scruffy. How could I be outraged with Scruffy? Now, where did you come up with that name, Scruffy? The people who found him roaming the streets of Stockton descri- describe him as looking scruffy. Guess yes. what? <laughs> They're right. <laughs> described as looking scruffy. <laughs> a little scruffy. He was described as looking nefarious you know, and well. Can, yeah. Can yeah. I send you a Harry's kit for Scruffy? Oh. Just clean himself uh, he up. He doesn't shave. Yeah, he doesn't shave. Yeah, he doesn't shave. Would somebody defend for me Google Tango? Because it does not seem very compelling or interesting. You can make 3D me. models of your friends and the, I put watched, it on the internet. And, I watched the videos, and it was kind of depressing to me. Because it was, instead of looking at the stars, you could put your phone up, point them at the sky, and see it in your phone. Well, we can't see the stars anymore. Then you see the... That's true. 60% of America yeah. can't see... Can't uh, see stars. Because of pollution. That's all pollution. we got. All we got is tango all we got. That's really depressing. They'll it's have the a the thing sh- with wild animals, so you can see wild animals that are 50, 60 <laughs> miles away. Like, oh, there's a deer. <laughs> <laughs> instead of building... A, uh, a domino, uh, what do they call that? A uh, domino cascade thing. Thing. <laughs> you could, you just could use it, do it on your phone. Your phone will do it for you. You could just look at it. That's my table, but the phone it superimposed the dominoes. Can somebody explain why this was in any way an exciting thing? It just does not get me. It's hard to They had nothing reality. else. They Maybe had nothing it. else. That's all I got. So I hey, can it. I have my own show that's called Technology Sucks? That's kind of the <laughs> what's going through everything we talk about today. Well, is, that's not very good. Apple's tired. Would you want one of those telephones whose names we can't pronounce? Billionaires who seem, well, a little different than the rest of us, more than their bank accounts. Uh, phones you don't want. I mean, Apple hits the skids, you know. I, I'll, I'm a cheerleader for technology. technology. I love technology, but on the, at the same time when when it does suck which it does more often than not frankly oh yeah <laughs> i mean well apple will just, like premise. at their event yeah. tomorrow they will announce like you know 10 15 new features for let's say ios by the end of the year when you're actually using it you'll use maybe one of those maybe two i think about the other 3d touch which i was very i get sucked into the reality distortion feel i was very excited about 3d touch the idea you, you yeah, I know. I know. In hindsight, I was an idiot. But you look, oh, you press hard on this, and and then it will show additional choices. It'll pop up a menu of possibilities. That's the first user interface improvement in iOS since folders. And uh, the only one since folders, I think. But uh, in hindsight, not that cool. Oh. It gets in the way for me. Is I, but see, I waited for a long time to buy my six, and really got it when 
I guess the five that I had finally died, died, died. It was cracked on both sides, et cetera, et cetera. Couldn't be fixed. So I went out and bought a six, which dutifully now has a cracked screen right wow. about here. You should not be screen. allowed to own a phone, my friend. Well, I've broken lots of phones, yeah. and I'm a good friend with the guy who fixes my screens. He gives me a good deal. Has to pay cash, though. Um, but <laughs> That's actually that a story. At all. That's a, actually yeah. a story, the right to repair. Yeah. Well, but I look at what they say for the iPhone 7, and I say, well, I have a 24-month AT&T replacement. I guess I'll take it when I can get it. Huh? You know, it's just like... Well, you're not part of... You're not one of us. You're not one of those people who's got to get in line. I still have the very first iPhone, and I have stood in line for hours to get iPhones. Oh, I am one of you. Okay, you you are one of us. I just have grown up. (laughs) So there's a battle, and Apple is, by the way, leading this battle against the right to repair. Do you know what the right to repair is? And it, it comes up at first, uh, I, I guess, the John Deere tractors that you're not allowed to fix uh, because they've got they've got uh, DRM on the software in the tractor. They don't want anybody to steal it. But it also comes up in the independent repair shops, and Apple really doesn't want these iPhone independent repair shops. Uh, there's a bill in California... The, the uh, being proposed the Right to Repair Act that would give independent f- phone repair shops the manuals and the information and the parts they need. Apple does not want to give it to them. Now, on the one hand, Apple says, well, you don't, but the problem is these guys are no good and they're going to do a terrible job and you really should use us. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I think, David, you have the right to bring that phone to a third party and get it fixed. It's a lot cheaper. Obviously, although I then don't get a refurb phone as the replacement. Right. I get a, I get my phone you with a screen, fixed. which is kind of nice. I don't have to go back and rebuild my phone. I mean, that's that's a good thing. But, yeah, I ought to be able to get my phone repaired. But if you're Apple and you're control freaks and this is your cash cow in ways you can't even describe to people how much money they are paying you, of course they're going to want to do all the fixes. Of course they do. The article. It reminds me of the old, it reminds me of the old phone company wars. Like there's a right. that famous you, lawsuit the Carter, when they went Carter after. Phone. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 privacy protection uh, like cone that you added to the phone, and they actually <laughs> sued them for making an attachment for the phone. Uh, the right to repair really reminds me of, of that old battle, which was thankfully we eventually won that one. Lost, but they won. Well, but that, it was a similar argument too. Ma Bell said, "Well, if we allow anybody to put any old equipment on our network, we can't guarantee the reliability of the network." And well, for- but that it, that was a battle for the heart and soul of universal service is what Carter Phone was. I mean, that's what that was about. It wasn't about the can you do this. It's that you were renting all your equipment. Right. The economics of Ma Bell was set up in a certain way. We finally came to a point where all of the money that Ma Bell was making, some of which went to fund the National Geographic Society, by the way, suddenly there was this pause. Well, now they've got Rupert. They don't need to. Yeah, there was this pause between the revenue that they were getting from business and universal service, installing lots of phones. And that's where the MCI decision came in. And that's what opened up competition, ultimately killed the Bell system. And I will tell you, I think we'd be better off today if we still had the Bell system. You know, where four guys could get around a table in a room and say, we're going to do fiber to the home. And it would just happen. 
Yeah. I kind of liked that world. I liked the Bells. I'm not sure I agree. I have some mixed feelings. Uh, if you are in Southern California and you got your Verizon Fios replaced by Frontier, which happened uh, just a couple of weeks ago, people are furious. The Frontier's done a terrible job of replacing mm -hmm. Verizon. I guess you're saying, though, if we were AT&T, if we we're all Ma Bell, we wouldn't have – are you kidding? We wouldn't have fiber – We'd be we'd be yeah, on we DSL would. with like yeah we would <laughs> we'd be doing one one megabit DSL we wouldn't have fiber why would oh, they give us fiber would. they wouldn't have to of course hold on no they hold didn't on. want the us to have the internet they wanted us to stay on the phone yeah hold on the reason they would give it to you is their rate of return was entirely based on their investment the more money they spent the more money they made. I was there when they were experimenting with broadband fiber by transmitting uncompressed television up at Homedale at the now empty Bell Labs. Yeah, they made money by investing more and more and more so money. So the, regu the regulations yeah. were that if you spend more, you can make more? That's the... Yes. Interesting. Yes. So they would have had every reason to bring us fiber you know, to your bathroom, whatever. Or cones of silence that you could put on your phone. Well, again, whatever. But I don't think you get innovation from monopolies that are protected by government hold on, regulations. Hold on. We so got, no. we got, hold on. They invented stereo. They invented, I mean, I can go through a list. It takes a moment for me to pull it no, up. No, but you're right. The Bell Labs and AT&T, they invented Unix, for crying out loud. They and there was for some chat. They held back. What? They held back radio. Did they? Yeah. They, they didn't hold back radio. There was the lines. The, read, the uh, WAEF decisions and the chain broadcasting decisions back in the 20s and 30s. Wow, I'm, I'm getting the history But why wouldn't AT&T at this point, like, be better? Why, why, I mean, if, if they, were, they were broken up, why would they stop innovating? It's not AT&T anymore. They got rid of Bell Labs. They got rid... I mean, all of this corporate innovation... That used to take place in this country is mostly gone it's very, today. It's a very interesting point of view. I hadn't really. There's uh, nothing to support it. Yeah. You know, I've spent a lot of time roaming Bell Labs. I watched the Japanese tourists marvel at Thompson and Ritchie's desk where they invented Unix. These Japanese people were taking pictures of it. Yeah. The desk, the empty yeah. desk, yeah. De desk, two of them. Uh, but it was that was an amazing place that invented amazing technologies. And that's not happening here the way it used to because there is no return on investing in science just for the sake of science. Wow. I, I, this is a great conversation. I would love yeah. to uh, talk more about this, but I'm going to have to study up because I have, I have no information at all with which to counter you. Kashmir, you sound like you know a little bit about this. I mean, the whole argument of Tim Wu's The Master Switch right. is about, you know, uh, monopolies using their power to hold back the development of other technologies, right. um, television, radio, uh, phone and Internet. And so if you're convinced by Tim Wu's book, then you would not agree with David um, because there were many examples in there of technologies that were suppressed because it would create you know another market that would compete right. with their market he in fact Arts says decay. he in fact says that uh, we're at that stage now with the internet where the big companies just as they did with long distance are going to come along and say thank you very much for developing that we'll take it from here and maybe you're seeing that with comcast and uh, time uh, i'm sorry charter growing to such massive size uh we certainly have duopolies and you know 
something like that. RCA under David Sarnoff was a big suppressor of technology, right? which could be a little bit of what Kashmir is thinking of because they got the FM radio band moved, meaning that all the FM radios that had been sold by <laughs> Major working. Armstrong stopped working. <laughs> Suddenly they were in the ham six-meter band, I mean, of all things. So, and there were major fights like that. The, the, and then the FCC, which tends to do okay on little things, but messes up horribly on big things. There was an idea once to make your radio dial start at AM and channelize as you dialed up into FM. So it would look like one radio dial to you. No separate FM radios, no separate converters. Push buttons would go wherever you wanted to go. And that couldn't fly because it made FM too accessible and too competitive with AM, which was dominant at the time. But, David, long-distance calls, for instance, pre-Carter phone, were extremely expensive. I remember calling oh, yes. people up and saying, hey, I'm on long-distance. This has got to be quick. Now we essentially get unlimited uh, calling within the United States for one flat rate. Isn't that an improvement? I'm getting unlimited Brought calling Brought to us by competition. Oh, I had uh, an $800 dollar phone call once, yeah. phone bill once. Wow. I was right out of high school and I had a girlfriend who lived three hours away. Same thing for me. Fifteen hundred dollars. Eight hundred dollars. My mom's yeah. like, I need eight hundred dollars from you right now. Yeah, yeah. But that's changed, right? Now you yeah. can call. Uh, that's not the internet. But what I'm saying is, competition seems to have helped in that case. Well, you know, you can change the incentives. What happened is, is we were no longer subsidizing building out this great network. I would love time, to see another Bell Labs. I would, I'll would. i grant you that. I mean, the, the innovation out of Bell Labs was huge. Mm -hmm. Long you distance don't consider Google X the new Bell Labs? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, Google innovates for the sake of innovation for a lot of, I mean, cars. I mean, it's mostly for ad revenue. But they still just make crazy ideas. Like, I, I don't think anyone at Google knows how to say no. But... Uh, yeah, we have cars. I mean, getting into phones, that was that idea was insane if you Google think about it. Is, Google was a place where you went and you searched for, you know, yourself really most of the time. So, David, if Google uh, is not Bell Labs. There's nothing about Google that is Bell Labs. And if you'd ever driven but around But do you think New Bell Jersey, Labs would still be doing what they're doing today in this sort of corporate atmosphere? I don't think so. No, that's why they're not doing it anymore. What I was going to say is the reason we had these huge... Long distance bills is because long distance was seen as a business service and it was expensive to provide at that time. If you say you don't have to subsidize anything and you can build networks and charge for long distance based on what it costs, you end up with MCI and cheap long distance and the Internet comes and you know, wireline telephones go away. I don't think that's such a good idea either, but that's just me and national security thinking. So, I mean, I'm not sure that everything that we've done, yes, it gets cheaper. Yes, it gets cheaper. Yes, it gets cheaper. But what is the real cost of all of that cheaperness, if you like that word? It's, it's a <laughs> cheaperness is good. Um, Look, there's, there's no there's no solution that is perfect. You know, there's negatives and positives to both. You got the Bell, on the one hand, you got Bell Labs with this giant monopoly. Uh, on the other hand, you have, frankly, um, an incumbent protecting their long-distance tariffs because it's very profitable for them and less incentive for them to bring those prices down. So I think that there's negatives on both sides. I would come down in favor of a free market over... Uh, a, a subsidized or regulated monopoly almost every time, though. Wouldn't you, David? We have what amounts to monopolies. 
I can get internet service here at my home office from one of two companies. And it's basically the same offer. No, and it's not working so good. Price. It's a duopoly created by the FCC after being strong-armed by the cable companies, frankly, who said, well, we're well, not going to string take, cable unless you make it a monopoly. If you're going to have a monopoly or a duopoly, you have to strongly regulate and make requirements well, that the companies do yeah, things. Yeah, we kind of have the worst of both it, worlds, don't we? Because yes, we, we have do. Because we unwillingness to regulate it, but, but we've created it. Yes, so back to the secret war <laughs> to keep you from repairing your iPhone. Uh, this is the Huffington Post. Uh, the company has repeatedly, Apple has repeatedly opposed legislation that would allow people to go to third party uh, repair companies. And Apple, I think, has a rationale that makes a little bit of sense, which is, well, we can only guarantee the quality if we do it ourselves. And we don't want to repair and we won't repair something that somebody else has repaired first. So if the minute you take it to a third party, we're done. Mm -hmm. But I am in support of uh, people like iFixit, and I'm in support of the states, Minnesota, Nebraska, Massachusetts, and New York, who have considered adopting right-to-repair uh, amendments, which would force companies to uh, give out the information needed to fix stuff. Shouldn't Apple have... You know, I mean, car, you know, the same thing with the automobiles these days. Yeah, I mean, you're, if there's you no buy, shade tree yeah. mechanics anymore. Yeah. If you if you buy a BMW, BMW is going to tell you, you know, bring it to the DMW right. dealership. But you might have a mechanic that you've trusted that you've worked with for years with your other cars. I take it to that person yeah. because the dealer's always going to be way more expensive. Right. And Apple's probably always going to be way more expensive than random person in the mall with a kiosk. One of the uh, reasons the state legislatures are arguing for the right to repair is also to, because of this issue of the throwaway disposable economy that companies like Apple create, mm -hmm. uh, forcing people to buy new computers, new new phones because they're not repa repairable. You can't you know you can't just easily swap out the battery if it dies. You got to throw it out or to take it to Apple for a very expensive uh, repair. Um, where do you stand? What do you think, Cashmere? Right to repair. I mean, it's hard not to be pro-consumer. Um, yeah. It does seem like people should have an option to get their phone repaired wherever they want to have it repaired. So uh, It's one of the reasons I think Apple's really pushing this uh, robot that de recycles iPhones. and oh, Liam. Yeah. Remember Liam? Oh, yeah, Liam. Um, they they want to look like they're really pro-recycling because it does look like really they're pro-waste, pro-e-waste. It's the march of technology. Everyone who makes any sort of product wants you to buy that product again. Again and again. A little and bit again. better. And how else we've are we going to grow the market, it. right? Slightly better this time. Now we've got. Teeny tiny bit better. You can push it a little harder and touch. then the thing will pop down. <laughs> Contextual menu will appear. Uh, let's see. God, now I'm depressed. It's like you, you, you kind of nailed it, David. All this stuff sucks. <laughs> This is why he doesn't have I mean, you on the show, David. Uh, you're, you're never depressing. coming back. This you bring is him depressing. Down. You bring me down. I want to be a cheerleader. Down. How about I mean, the new Moto Z? <laughs> it's exciting. It's got modular backs with magnets. I mean, How about modular about cell phones? Is, yeah. Technology is incremental. And, yeah. you know, we put it under uh, this lens and we're looking at the, the very incremental change. And, uh, you know, when technology is most inspiring is uh, a longer 
you know, product cycle. It's very well, rare no. that we get the and story yet, like we got from Bloomberg no, about no, no. Larry Ask- Page trying to make flying cars. Yeah, um, that's the thing. And I read that article and I go, yeah, pff, sure, Larry. Flying cars. You weren't even hey. impressed by that? No, because it's ridiculous. You don't want uh, every Joe Schmo to be in the air flying around. You know what a flying car is? It's called a helicopter, and we've had those for years. Yeah, but they were really expensive, thank God. Yeah, Because I don't if everybody want... could afford one, imagine. I can bar- I barely deal with people who are driving on the road right now. I don't hey, want them in the sky play... falling into my house. Let's play <laughs> Ask the Old Guys for just a second. I remember back when I started at InfoWorld, back before Kashmir was born probably, that every day was pretty exciting because big things were happening. Things that you'd never seen before. Things that really made a difference in people's lives were happening. That doesn't, it doesn't happen that way Sure it today. does. Sure it does. No, autonomous it does. vehicles no, are, I, I think yeah. autonomous vehicles are going to be a Primerless massive change. Cars. Yeah. SpaceX, oh, yeah. you know, the SpaceX. idea that there could be commercial space travel. That yeah. is, that's pretty yeah. cool. It's, flying cars, not, not so much. Autonomous technology. cars, that's a huge autonomous deal. Autonomous flying cars is the only way you could do yeah, it. Yeah, well, little drones. But autonomous vehicles are going to be, you know, when they finally hit the market, that's going to be just I'm willing to bet that's what Larry Because there's so oh, many people, please. especially with the, with the, you know, people getting older like David. Um, you know, at some <laughs> point, <laughs> you're not going to be able to drive, but you're going to want to go to the store. You're going to want to go to. I can't wait. Check out Bell oh, no, Labs again. Um, consider Let's that go look at that. You can just get in the car and it takes you somewhere. My grandmother never well, had that. My mom might not even have that. No. But when I get older and I can't see and I shouldn't be behind the wheel, I'm going to be able to just get in a car and it takes me from point David, A to your point head's, B. David, your head's out, about to explode. Yeah. But we talk about this and all this science stuff that previously no computer publication would have ever spoken about. Because it was too blue sky. We, yeah. No, we, no, we have nothing else interesting to talk about. Right, right. Autonomous How about this? Lenovo's going to do bendy do. phones. <laughs> oh, yeah. Whoa. Come wow. on. This is good stuff. Look at that. Mind <laughs> blown. By the way, I think that's a piece of rubber they're using to demonstrate the concept. <laughs> How long have we been, have have we seen the bendy screen? Does anybody How, want is this? It five, six years? What is the market Ten for years? this? It's this been a long time. People who like to keep their phone in their back pocket. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, there you go. I want to be able to sit on my phone. I don't. It's not so much bendy. I just want it to be soft and comfortable. David, soon you'll be able to be in your autonomous like car, bear? wearing your Oculus Rift, yeah. and then playing around with your bendable phone, yeah. and then. You can just ooh, appreciate the ooh. world again. Let's talk. I'm going to take a break and let's talk oh, about yes. VR. Because now, I mean, I was very excited. We got the Rift and we got the Vive, and I was all excited. I'm playing with it, and now I'm starting to think maybe this isn't. This is like 3D TV. This uh, is not a non-starter. Anyway, yeah. Your opinions will come in a moment. Think, think about what you think about this. But first, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about audio books. Now, this is an innovation. And it, but it's been around for a while. In fact, I joined Audible.com in the year 2000. And man, was I happy because I had a long commute to San Francisco every day. And the idea of sitting in a car for two hours listening to pop music on the radio, was I was about to blow my brains out. Then, then Apple invented the iPod and Audible came along and suddenly life is good. I've read more books on Audible. My library on Audible now is I had three or 400 books. It's awesome. And I get more every month because I'm an Audible subscriber. You want to try Audible? Go to audible.com. We're going to get you a deal. Two books free. You'll be signing up for the Platinum account. That's what I have, which is two books a month. Uh, it's the best deal, absolutely. You'll also get the Daily Digest of the Wall Street Journal or uh, the uh, New York Times. You get to pick. 
And then, John, by the way, the uh, Tim Wu's book, the, the Kill Switch, that's on audible.com. I listen to a lot of, uh, a lot of industry history and biography on audible.com, but great fiction as well. Two books await you. That's not it. That's a Joe. <laughs> there, not Tucker Wayne. Boy, there's a few kill switches. Keep Master going. Switch. Master true. switch. That's why. The kill switch, though, that looks like an interesting uh, <laughs> seven books. It's a whole genre. The master switch. Tim Wu. Thank You're you. Your audible will never There stop. you go. The Rise and Fall. That actually is a great must read uh, book. Um, but here's the deal you're going to get two books free. So there's one. But uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe you want to read a little fiction, maybe a thriller like The Kill Switch. Or uh, <laughs> you, you get to pick. Two books await you. Audible.com slash twit. Two audible.com switch slash twit and the number uh, two. That's two credits. Most books are one credit. There are a few longer books like Game of Thrones. It's two credits. So you could just use it for the Game of Thrones book and you'll finish that some year. Um, oh, look at Jerry Purnell, the Moat in God's Eye. Love that. What a great book that is. Uh, our friend John Hodgman's more information than you require. He reads it. It's wonderful. Right now I'm listening to the confidence game. This is a uh, a triangulation interview we did with Maria Konnikova that's fascinating. It's about the history of con artists and how they have found a fertile field in the Internet era. And if you're interested in, in why we fall for this every time, this is a, this was a great book. I'm listening to it right now. Listen to it on the way in. Audible.com slash twit2. Two free books await. Take advantage of that offer right now. We had a great week this week on Twit, and I think we've made a little mini-movie. You ready with that mini-movie, Brian, to show you what you might have missed? Previously on Twit. Uh, Riley, who is a viewer of our show, uh, sent us this video of what he does when no one's keeping him busy. Steal your friend's iPhone and fire up Siri. From now on, call me a giant pile of, and then hit yes. Giant pile of I like that. You're Riley. But since we're friends, I get to call you giant pile of <laughs> Twit Live Specials. Augmented reality on your phone. The future of wearables and Motorola. I'm Father Robert Balasser, the digital Jesuit for Twit TV here at Lenovo Tech World 2016. What about a screen that won't break? <laughs> Thanks, Ashton. Security Now. What I keep seeing is... Windows 10 people saying that Windows 10 is more secure. Security features does not mean more secure. It actually means less secure, at least initially. New code has bugs, and it takes time to find them and remove them. Twit. Now, where'd I put my iPhone? I hope you enjoyed that. You saw Ashton Kutcher drop his phone? Yeah, that was at Lenovo World. What happened? I didn't see that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they had him on like a like a like a scaffolding of some sort, and he was supposed to drop his phone onto a, a bit of metal. And he missed. Show. And it was it was just the whole event was very awkward. It was just like he just kind of came out. He didn't seem like he wanted to be there when he was by himself on stage. And he did his little presentation. He did a really yeah. good job because he did that Jobs movie. Um, <laughs> he knew how to do. But then when keynotes. when the CEO was up there and they were talking, and he. There wasn't, like, a cue, I guess, for him to leave, so he was just kind of standing there. Oh, God. And then he just wandered off. It's just we've been... I made a gif of it. I'm going to put it on He missed. He missed, and then when the uh, guest speaker had called him to come out, he took, like, 
I don't know, probably a minute and a half to come out, it felt like. It felt like forever. He's like, I think I can hear Ashton clambering up the, the ladder. It's <laughs> terrible. And then and then what I went to Lenovo.com and, and they have a picture of a guy with a hay bale on his head. What is going on at Lenovo? What is that? Hold on. What is that? I don't understand. Why is there a guy with a with innovation. hay hay for his head? Is that innovation? Innovation never stands still. Anyway, if you want to watch the video of Ashton Kutcher in the phone, the keynote's there, but we also have our own coverage of it. I do want to talk about the Moto X at some or Moto Z. I retweeted my my, my gift that I made of, of Ashton of, of Ashton just being awkward and walking off stage. <laughs> you should work at BuzzFeed. That's good. That's good stuff. Making gifts. <laughs> um Great week ahead. I'm sure it's a great week ahead. We get WWDC and E3. Jason Howell, TNT, what's coming up? Thanks, Leo. Here's a look at a few things we're going to be following closely in the week ahead. First off, as you probably know, Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference kicks off tomorrow. And, well, you're going to be on set along with Megan and Andy and Otko to cover the keynote live, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Pretty sure there will be plenty to discuss throughout next week from that event. Also, the E3 Gaming Expo begins on Tuesday, June 14th, lasting through the rest of the week. Possible new hardware from Microsoft maybe even Sony, although they say don't expect the Neo. But regardless, plenty to discuss next week. And we'll have a team there doing on-site coverage as well. So look for that. June 14th is the VR unveiling of the OnePlus 3. Leaks reveal, I think, a sharp-looking device. This will be the first time a OnePlus phone won't require an invite in order to buy. So you better get your wallets ready. The Bluetooth 5 spec is actually set to be announced on Thursday, June 16th. It should bring double the range and four times the speed of Bluetooth 4.2. So Bluetooth fans, there you go. And I'm sure we'll dig up plenty more other things to talk about. We usually do. Find Megan Maroney and myself talking tech every weekday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, 12 a.m. UTC at twit.tv slash live. That's a look at the busy week ahead. Back to you, Leo. Nice. Very nice. Thank you, Jason Howell. <laughs> Roberto made, here's Roberto's, uh, you got wait. We got to get to the beginning of it. Hold on a second. So this is uh, Ashton Kutcher. That's all right. Ashton Kutcher <laughs> awkwardly leaving <laughs> leaving the stage. <laughs> I, I guess I'm done. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. Oh my gosh. If you want to see it yourself, if you're listening, as S T R N G W Y S is uh, strange ways without the vowels is Roberto's. By the way, I, did, I just see here, right below it, one of your band is playing in a Prince tribute show on July. We 8th. are July. What do you mean 8th. one of your bands? How many bands do you have? I'm like three. What? Well, I have a regular band. Yeah. What do you What do you do? Are you the I lead sing. singer? Yeah, I, I thought sing. so. You yeah. look. You so kind of look like you. This is the regular band. The regular this, band. Will he sing something for us? Oh, I guess. I've never heard him sing. I would like to. <laughs> no, that's awkward. Um, <laughs> Come so, on, sing something. That's the Please. regular band. And then I, I, I keep creating these, like, super bands with all these... Super bands. With all these members of other yeah. bands in yeah, the area. Yeah, they're other world-famous yeah. rock and Other world-famous, like, in San Francisco. Cool. San Francisco famous. What's so the name a, of your big band? Bo- uh, the regular band is North American Scum. North American Scum. The, the band we're doing, the Prince tribute, is called Controversy. Nice. I had no idea. Yeah. How do you find time to do that? Um, I don't. It's uh, no, you know, once a week, and you, it's you just, just go and you play. I don't play 
video games. I, you know, I don't, yeah. I don't have a lot of other. Yeah, I asked Kevin Kelly the same thing. He said, I don't watch TV. And I thought, that's just not a price I'm willing to pay. No, I watch TV. Oh, okay. Because TV, you just sit there. Yeah, My passively. wife and I can watch it. Yeah. And if it's good, we can, like, you know, pay attention. And if it's not, we can, you know, tweet <laughs> we can tweet. Send funny pictures. Thank God for the Twitter. On. What would you do with bad Look at this TV? This funny shows? thing I found. Um, and now I've forgotten what we were going to talk about. This is uh, uh, that's Roberta Baldwin from Engadget. Also with us, Cashmere Hill from Fusion, and uh, she's at Cash Hill, K A S H Hill on the Twitter, and my old buddy David Corsi, who is at Tech Insider. On the Twitter. If How, only I ever used that account. Do you never you you said you also were ready you're gonna get a tech blog all set up and you just didn't yeah, get around. Yeah, we're gonna get that going. I was gonna do it to do something about this show, but I Well what will they, can we tell to talk about people will watch this show months from now. Yeah. So what would the uh it, and so when they do they can go there because it'll be done by then, I hope. Yes. Where would they go? I'll probably put it at Corsi.com. That's okay. not what's there now, but that's probably okay. where I'll put it. C-O-U-R-S-E-Y. One of the first 100,000 sites on the internet. Really? I am wow. reminded. When yes. did you register that? I'd have to look, but I'm also one of the first 10,000 on LinkedIn. And, yeah. You know, I had Corsi on MSN, on Hotmail for a long time. You know, if you were there kind of at the beginning, you could get, that's, hey, Corsi.com. How did I get that? I was, you know, first in line. I uh, I uh, used to have <laughs> that sticker that said top five percent of the internet. Who was that? It was one of the one of the, like Excite or somebody awarded. <laughs> used to have that on oh, my yeah. site. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, and Gadget has leaked uh, pictures of a uh, new Xbox that we expect to see announced uh, at E3 this week. Uh, Mike, when is Microsoft's press conference? Is it tonight or is it tomorrow? It's tomorrow morning. Usually they I do it before the show begins. I, th I believe it's halfway through Apple's press event. So <laughs> Apple will start and then halfway Perfect through. And then Microsoft's timing. event will start because... Uh, well, we'll be covering they, both, I guess. Um, the rumor is it's about, what, about a quarter or half the size? Let's see. It's a lot smaller. It has 4K... Capability, you can stand it on its side now. Yeah, that didn't um, work out for because no one had everyone's like home entertainment system is yeah, it's horizontal. It's going in a rack. Yeah, um, if it's on side, my cat's just going to knock it over. Neo Gaff have uh, members have posted images of what they're calling the Xbox Box One S. Uh, it's white, forty percent smaller. Uh, it's. 40% small. Yeah, 40% small. A 4K video, which is a big deal. They didn't have very high-quality video on the original Xbox One. And a 2-terabyte hard drive. And... Power brick's internal. The power brick, which is normally massive on an Xbox yeah, One. it's like this big. It's like we'll the size of it. a... It's huge. Like a Fiat. It's a like Fiat 500. It's a Fiat 500 size. It's just like two wires sticking out. And you play now it, it just goes in there. How does that... Have we made massive improvements and we were in talking, and technology? You know what? We were talking about how there's you nothing see, awesome in technology. See, this is huge here. And according to random people on the internet, we've been able to put a power brick inside of an, an Xbox. <laughs> but, I mean, the power brick was almost bigger than the Xbox that they're coming out with. This is nice. Good looking. Okay. Who cares? <laughs> Sorry. Didn't mean to make you laugh. Right in the middle of your diet, Snapple. Is that the best stuff on earth? Just curious. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Uh, your bar is like super low. It's really the best stuff on earth. Uh, <laughs> sort it's of delicious. Sort of the best stuff on earth. Um, PlayStation 4.5 also rumored to be coming out. I don't know if Sony will announce anything at uh, E3. 
Uh, although I'm excited about the PlayStation VR. Got to play with that a little bit. Uh, and of the three, you know, big players, that probably is going to be the biggest only because there's so many, something like 40 million installed units of PlayStation 4s that can use this VR without a, a much higher cost. You don't have to go out and buy a whole new PC, for example. Yeah, a beefy PC. Yeah. We built a $5,000 PC to use the uh, Oculus Rift and the Vive. And it's fun, but I have to admit, and actually, Brian, you tell me, Brian, our technical director today, mm -hmm. Are people going back there and playing that a lot? I mean, do, after after I leave, <laughs> are people like spending a lot of time playing on the on the uh, VR? Uh, some people more than others. I think a lot of people. Your are, brother loves the yeah the brush that was it tilt brush tilt brush by Google. I it's believe. a painting program. Mm -hmm. Yeah, him and Anthony have done some really cool stuff. They're both artists. They are both artists and like pretty talented. But how about the games? Are, are, are people like? Gravity. You showed me that one game where you get on the platform and you're shooting at the bad guys. That uh, was fun. Yeah, for the vibe. I think Burke really likes that one, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> not a high recommendation. What are you? Tilt brush was cool. I want to play some games. Okay. Tilt okay. Really cool. Tilt brush is cool. Yeah. That's. But, but again, let me ask the question: Are people spending hours in there using that stuff? No. No. I think it's one. I think VR is one of those things. You. It's kind of gimmicky. You play it for a little while, you go, that's really neat. And then you don't. It's not like you say, oh, I've got to do more of that. It's no. kind of like enough. And I don't think the games library is really all there either. Very, very weak. Yeah. How about putting in an old-fashioned pinball machine? Wait, well, yeah, no, no. People we, don't have yeah. we had one of those. and we had like to get, the way we gave it a, No, we had one, and it, nobody played it. Oh, I would play it every later. day. I'd be here way more often. You say that, but I think <laughs> you wouldn't. Yes, Trevor. I'd like you more, Leo. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, it's too late. We gave it away. Oh. Some guy was here, and I said, you want it? He said, yes. He said, really? Bring, bring a truck. Yeah. Damn it. Do you know what used pinball machines are selling for? Don't Reaper? tell me. Oh, they, no. This you was, don't want to know. This was, this was uh, Jerry uh, Ellsworth, um, who is a you don't big want pinball, to pinball know. fanatic, uh, made this and gave it to us. And we just, we just have nowhere to put it in the new studio. Oh. Really? They're worth a lot of money, huh? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I can go to Alameda. They have the pinball museum there. Yeah. It's I really am never coming back on this show. I can. What if you could? What if you could be the ball in a VR? <laughs> where the and you're bouncing around. You're zooming. You're. Wouldn't that be cool? And then you're getting nauseous. You're throwing yeah, up. It's throwing it's right. yeah. Be the ball, and then God does the flippers. It's like life. <laughs> <laughs> right. You don't, you don't do the flippers. You're the ball. It's a whole new way of looking at pinball. Well, I mean, what would what what do you want to see in VR? Because I can't figure out anything in VR that's got that, that excites me. The examples people give is, and, and even Samsung gives is, your friends are all in Paris. Yeah. You're stuck at home, and they put on their V. You put on your VR helmet. They put up their camera and they go, Roberto, we're all in Paris together. <laughs> no? no, I've heard people who really like uh, the VR porn. I've heard that, too. It wasn't for me. I don't know. <laughs> Can't do that at the studio. Maybe that's why nobody's using it. Here's the pinball machine, though. That's not but, the one, is it? Uh, no, it's the same. Oh, it is the same. Wow. I, I mean, this isn't the Roadkill. one that Jerry built. But... No, but it's the same game. Yeah. That's a nice $3,000. Pinball machines, yeah. Damn. A nice pinball machine? It was, a, it was an old one. It was classic. It wasn't the, one of the big neon. Oh, those are really well, better. Classic ones way. are worth more. Yeah. yeah classic yeah. ones are being yeah. rebuilt. NPR did a feature. It must be true. 
Yeah. If NPR waste money. I want David on every show. It must be true. Well, now, how, how does she know about VR porn? I've been looking and I couldn't find it. Oh, it's easy. It, really? On the oh. internet? Okay. We'll talk <laughs> after the show then. Okay, <laughs> I'll tell you about it because I happen okay. to have tried Thanks, it. Because we, because I'm, because I am a father and I need to know about these things. Also, so, it's your job. <laughs> it's my job as a journalist. You have to explore again the nether regions of. When I first experienced, I thought this is revolutionary. This is going to change the world. Porn will never be the same. And but and then since then haven't really. Well, the one I tried is you know the local uh, San Francisco porn studio kink.com yeah um so they you know were one of the first the first studios to jump on vr so i was watching this vr porn that was um uh you know they're basically bdsm and right. so this was they're, this they're is one kink, of the kink.com yeah. it gives you some so, idea yeah this is one of the porn videos where the person enjoys being insulted. So I had. <laughs> so do you get to people, be the person being insulted? Yeah. So people, two people in front of me that were making out, and the woman was telling me I had like a very small penis, basically. Um, so it wasn't really my usual cup of tea. Um, well, where else could you experience that? <laughs> but they say there are very devoted fans who really like yeah. this stuff. So it um, it gives me new respect for performers because you do get the uh, – a lot of these are shot in – as yours yours was, first person, where you're the, you're, you're the performer in it, mm -hmm. right? And then the stuff is being done around you and to you. And so it gives you new respect for the performer and what they have to put up with. I actually watched them film one of their videos. Um and it's it's a lot it's it's more work for them in a way because it's they, work. yeah <laughs> they have the cameras all over the place they're trying to get the lights exactly yeah, right i wouldn't want to do it and i have to think for the performers they're going to be having all the angles so i think it, it's yeah. a little bit more nerve-wracking for all them the fun are they wearing like a like a helmet of some sort or they just have like no they just have a cam them? they probably just have a camera on their head right camera's like not on their body no they can, oh, okay. uh, well, this one was kind of like a uh, scene from afar. Uh, oh, okay. No, but if you were doing it with the current crop of cameras, you'd have a giant... Like a halo. Halo on, of, around you. So that it could... Although one thing I did notice, the ones I've looked at uh, didn't weren't 360 degrees. They were kind of, uh, you know, constrained mm -hmm. angles. Yeah. And that was the other thing is I found myself like kind of okay, they're fooling around in front of me, but I'm more like, let's look at the decor. Oh, look. <laughs> oh, that's well, it. It's like they've said about porn for years. For the first five minutes, you don't think you can get enough. And after minute number six, you don't care if you ever see it again. That's VR in a nutshell. <laughs> that's VR in a nutshell. That's exactly it. Leo's shopping in VR porn. He's like, look at this. Can you get this? Oh, no, I am. I can't. No. It's like, oh, let me see what books they what have on this. I'm trying to read the titles on the bookshelf. Zooming in. Yeah. It's more voyeur. It, well, because you voyeur. can kind of look. But that's the thing is you can kind of. You, so we're, what, what, what is interesting about immersive video, 360-degree video in VR, is you choose what you're going to look at. Mm -hmm. So it is kind of interesting that way. There's a Cirque du Soleil demo that uh, comes on the Gear VR, the Samsung Gear VR, where there are performers all around you, and you can... And That's so frightening. It's, it's, it's a little weird, but it's kind of interesting because you could watch that trick or that trick or this. And so you, what's unusual is you are controlling the point of view, mm -hmm. which makes it difficult from an artistic point of view as an artist because uh, normally what an artist does is tell you what to look at. That's kind mm -hmm. of the art of film and... Uh, and and that's gone because it, you know you could be 
You could be shagging right in front of somebody, and he's looking at your bookshelf. Yeah, you know? but you can also be on your training bike riding the Tour de France. That might be much, better. Tour de France yeah. much more realistically yeah. than you can with the current simulators. You know, when you started talking about you're there, you're looking around, you're seeing the the wonderful uh, sunflowers by the side of the road and all of that. That would be kind of fun. Yeah. So I can imagine that there are some experiences that you might want to have and guide yourself through. I like that. Well, air and space Smithsonian. Right. If you can't be there, you ought to see it. Better for experiences than storytelling. I think that that's that would be a, that's that good. would be my point. Yes. Go see Mount Vernon. It's hard to get to. Now for ten dollars, you could get a VR tour of Mount Vernon, and you could use it for a whole year. Bring your kids. You know, vacation at places. You know that you're really going to see something. Yeah. It's not like I need to experience the great white shark thirty feet out in the water at Santa Cruz. It's you know I want to be in a museum i want to be you know at your house looking at all the technology you know old stuff that you have on your shelves like i have on my shelves that would be interesting but this you know i want to play a game in vr i don't want to play a game in vr i want to have a conversation with you in vr this is is this is all i need we don't even use phones we just text each other why would i want like i know that's you know, everybody this thought as like, soon as like you have thing the... on my face, like weighs like this much, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is great. Oh man, my face is so sweaty, and now I have zits. Now we, we all we're all gonna have, we're gonna have zit, rings like of zits ring. around our forehead. Oh, I know what he's yeah. been doing. He's... It's been a lot of time in, P- <laughs> in VR porn. Poor teenagers, I mean, we already had problems. With... Cashmere will not have rings of zits. I am going to stand up for the other remote guest today. <laughs> she will not have way. rings of zits. She has great teeth, a nice smile that I that I envy. I don't have a good toothy grin. She will not get zits. You and I will get zits. Oh, yeah. She will not get zits. I'm basically, getting zits just sitting here. I did this, and I'm going to have like five zits on my forehead. Basically, it's Beauty and Three Beasts is what you're saying this show is. I wouldn't I go there. That's our new VR band. Do you want to you want to create Media a band? Three Beasts? Media and the Three Beasts. That's pretty much every band. Yeah. Sad to say that's really the story of bands, isn't it? There's the person in front and the rest of them. Um okay, so the super flexible phone you wear like a watch non-starter. Maybe there's some value in VR if we get the right content. That's what one of the reasons it's hard to judge this stuff is you you It's you, so early. It's early. Yeah. I mean, they finally have the technology to make it. Now you right. need somebody to actually make right. an experience that is more than just running around and shooting people right. or shooting aliens or, right. or whatever. Or, you know, we've, we've gotten a lot of like, oh, let's do an interview with somebody. But in 360, I'm like, why? The person sitting right there, you're interviewing them. I don't need to see, you know, the people behind them. We're just throwing things at a wall and hoping something sticks. And hopefully someone will come up with something cool. But for now, I mean, I'm not really a gamer, so it's not... It's not my I jam. like to play games, but at this, it's sometimes it's too immersive. It's you're, you're really in there, and it makes you queasy. I'll be honest with you; it's hard not to get queasy on these things. Now, stop it! Now, I look like Yule Gibbons playing a video game in this thing. This is just the worst. This is me in the PlayStation VR, and I don't. I wore suspenders so I wouldn't look like I was hit or with it. Did you do this at any point? I, did. I do. I think I do. You have to do that. <laughs> Have you, have you thought what you need is a VR set to be in front of, like all these local news teams around yeah, America? Yeah, we figured that who are out. Sitting in front of green screen, you know, you could have the coolest set, and it could change every week. So one of the challenges with VR is how do you show it? And so what we do have is in the other room we have a giant green screen stage, and that's where we set up the VR, and then. You see the person, and everybody looks dorky when they're doing VR. You just mm-hmm. cannot help it. But at least behind them, at a full size, 
you see the environment that they're in. And it actually is a pretty, I think that's the way to demo VR. We figured that much out anyway. As opposed to just. Yeah. There you go. So now this is actually Kate Patello, my old screensavers friend. And then she's in the tilt. That's the tilt brush game, the painting game. And then that it, must be thrilling to do. I can hardly just yeah. contain myself. Me and the dog <laughs> here watching this. It's kind of. By the way, I want a screen grab of me and the dog just so that okay, I can in my just to prove story. that you were on this show. I'm going to use it on Facebook as Le my profile. Leo once picture. had you on a show. Yes. Yes. And it's then I can, the 20 dog. years from now, say, see, you really were on a show, even though you and don't scruffy. remember it. And Scruffy, too. Yeah. And, and, yeah and, and, you, and then, for some reason, you stopped answering our calls. I mean, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so somebody in the chat room while I was doing the radio show gave me the uh, website, Have I Been Pwned? Dot com. You know that there have been some massive lately uh, leaks of uh, databases. You put in your email address. It's been around for a while. We've used it before to see if your email showed up in any of these pwned databases. Oh, you're totally pwned. Oh, I'm, I've been totally pwned. Uh, the breaches I, I was pwned just say in, everyone's pwned and still be correct. I mean, they don't really have to do anything. All this means is that your email address showed up. Not, maybe not even your accurate password or credit card. They don't tell you that. Uh, just that your email address, for in my case, for Adobe, uh, LinkedIn, MySpace, and Tumblr. But this is the numbers that blew my mind. Uh, the top 10 breaches, MySpace breach, 359 million MySpace accounts. I still have an account. That was the thing that I did as I logged in. I said, oh, I still have an account. <laughs> logged in with your password. And then yeah, you're like, oh, I no. changed the password immediately. LinkedIn, 164 million accounts. Adobe, 152 million. The size of these uh, database dumps are... I mean, Ashley Madison was only a mere 30 million accounts. Well, that, I mean, that's the that's the, the problem with, with sites like MySpace, where we signed up for something, you know, five, ten years ago, and maybe it's changed hands a few times, and the people who own it now, maybe their security is lax. They're not paying any attention. And you keep using that same password right you're like oh i've been using this password for 10 years because it's the name of my dog and the street i lived on and you know my favorite football team and then suddenly now your current twitter account is hacked or worse your email account's hacked All one of, of the space. problems with technology generally and also with capitalism is you can't move backwards once television killed radio in the United States, it wasn't allowed to do that in the UK. We couldn't ever go back and have good radio again. With this technology in the internet, if we had to invent the internet today, it would look nothing like when it was invented with no idea of what it would become. No idea, no security, no this, no that. So we're constantly playing catch up and we don't have the ability to say stop. You know, beginning tomorrow, there is a new Internet that is new and it is secure and it is whatever. We could build that Internet, but there is no way to do the transition to it, unfortunately. Yeah. Do you want to be my my uh, MySpace friend, Roberto? All right. <laughs> I can't believe you guys still have MySpace accounts. <laughs> you, you want to know you who else? You want to be my top eight? You know who else? That's Tom. He's my MySpace friend. Oh. What, dis <laughs> what disturbed me most in this most recent round of uh, passwords that got hacked uh, the the linkedin 2013 hack that just seems to be kind of like coming out now and then the twitter hack um 
is the the people that weren't using two factor. Like this is the new right. security solution we've come up with, right? Because we know that passwords are not secure; they get right. out all the time. Um, so you have the second factor that you have sent to your phone, uh, and that becomes more secure. But in this most recent hack, uh, to DeRay McKesson, the Black, Black Lives Matter activist, was hacked, and he actually had two factor turned on for Twitter and his email account. And the hackers went to Verizon and got them to change his SIM card so that the two-factor messages that were coming from Twitter, for example, went to their phone instead of his. And it was just such a deep hack. And that's it's so hard to protect yourself against that, especially because social engineering always works. So you can always. call the phone company and you can get them to believe anything, especially if you have the sound of a you know crying baby playing from a YouTube video. Uh, so that's what's terrifying to me is that you, you can take all the measures and then still get hacked. So DeRay uh, tweeted at 1031, someone called Verizon impersonating me and successfully changed my SIM, unsuccessfully attempted to change my phone number. What they're trying to do, of course, is get that uh, second factor authentication mm -hmm. sent to their phones instead of his mm -hmm. phones. Uh, I'm not clear, though. He says, he says, Verizon says we're investigating. We're not. But he, they say by changing my phone SIM, the high hacker bypassed two-factor verification which I have on all accounts. I'm not sure I buy that because the, if if they weren't able to get his phone number for their phone, how would changing his SIM change two-factor? Would it well, disable if they have that, it? If they have that SIM, they can just have it, put that SIM in a phone, and suddenly every text message that he gets goes to that. They phone. have to get his physical SIM, though, to do that, or convince well, Verizon it. to say, oh, this is my new number, or my new, this is my new phone it's your new SIM. You just change the code of your SIM and uh, tell them that this SIM is Actually, that's phone. easy to do. I've done that. When you get yeah. a new phone, that's what you do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you get a new SIM burner, and there it goes. Yeah. You don't even need that. You can order a SIM from Verizon. When mm -hmm. it comes, you call them up and say, hey, I got my new phone. Uh, okay, this is the new SIM uh, ID. Please make this with the phone. Mm -hmm. Oh, jeez. I, I, um, I saw a talk with Kevin Mitnick about a year ago and you know he has that pen well he has a he has a company i'm start using infosec uh he has a company that goes in and, and checks the security of other companies yeah. and you know someone asked him like how often can you break into it he's like well if we're not allowed to use social engineering <laughs> like i think it was like 60 70 percent yeah he's like if we are 100 percent. yeah kevin wrote the book on social engineering yeah yeah um so yeah if it's 100 percent if it's and then that would that's how matt honan was hacked that's how well, i learned how to hack my own accounts was Wasn't because that... Matt was hacked and we had to do all the research about it. And, it, and we would just call and like pretend, you know, whatever we could find on the Internet about ourselves, we would tell them and then we could. That's change. all you need. Yeah. Cashmere, was wasn't that your colleague? Was it Alexis? Who was your colleague that had, uh, hired two firms uh, to hack him? Oh, yeah, that was Kevin Roos. Kevin Roos. That's right. He, had, and... he invited two hackers to, <laughs> to go at him with, with uh, everything they could. That was crazy talk. But one of the firms was a social engineering firm specifically. Mm -hmm. One of them was a more just, traditional hacking firm. Both of them pwned him. Yeah, and it's pretty easy. I mean, the same thing happened to him where they called his phone provider. That's why, actually, whenever I screenshot uh, my phone, I try to crop out who my provider is. Ah, and I tell other people oh, to do this smart. because, you know, once they have that information, then they can call and try to impersonate you. And usually the only kind of information they need to get in are the last your carrier. Your social security number, yeah. which is how do they get that? How do they get the last four? Because once you have the last oh, four, everything you can pay five dollars to get ways. anyone's social security number online. What have you never had to? You've never done a Lexus Nexus search of somebody? 
LexisNexis? I thought that was a law database. Yeah, there are many places through which social security numbers run. Um, Wait a minute, you could do a LexisNexis search on Leo Laporte and you would get my my social? Your social's probably somewhere already. A portion of it, yeah. Do you have your LexisNexis there right now? You want me to look, you yeah. don't want me to look up your your social yeah. security and then why not? What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> I think technically that is an misuse of the database. But I'm but I'm la- but I'm invite oh okay. But yeah. I'm inviting are, you to do so. There are various ways that it is yeah. very easy to look up people's social security numbers. And it doesn't need to be the whole number. That's the point that all the phone company ever asks you for is the last four years. No, that's social. not yours. Are you looking me up? <laughs> no, I don't think you can Google my social security. That, that would I'm be finding terrible. other people named Leo Lepore who has their, with their social number. Uh, but you can find, yeah, there's sites that are dedicated. I thought LexisNexis was only searches. I've seen, I've seen Hulk Hogan and Justin Bieber's social security numbers. You can do, um, you can do person searches. You can do person Lexus. searches? Okay. Mm-hmm. It's how, like, uh, it's usually how news organizations get somebody's phone right. number. Because right. they have personal person right. records. But, yeah, so the social engineer, you know, called his provider and she played a YouTube video of, of a baby, baby crying. crying. Oh, my God. It was so funny. And it worked. She said, totally worked. my husband's out of town, and I desperately need to get into his phone for some reason. Kevin's not even married, so. But the point is that, a, that Very easy. customer service rep, their job is customer service. The problem is that authentication techni- techniques are so poor, they want to serve the customer. So all you have to do is somehow assert that you're the customer, and they'll serve you. Birthdays. You want to make customers happy. Your your right. mother's That's their name, yeah. Which you can basically find through yeah going Every, to Facebook and seeing which women post the most. Everybody on this knows page. my mother's maiden name is McGillicuddy, and the last four of my social are four seven nine two. And dun, some dun, people dun. know that. What are you doing? <laughs> no, 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 no. I just uh, I know what I'm doing here. Just <laughs> uh, let that be. That's now public record. That's going to go up on LexisNexis. It's called disinformation, Cashmere. Good. See what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? You should put up, uh, put out as many lies as you can, everybody, all the time. My Facebook birthday is completely incorrect. Create the noise. You're, I've, ni- you're I've, one of those I've changed it like four or five, people. four or five. No, the actual date. Yeah. I've changed it four or five times. I won't wish anybody happy birthday on Facebook or Twitter. I think everyone that's thinks a I'm good a jerk. Excuse. No, because I hate doing that. Oh, that's, that's a good excuse. I'm going to say, no, I'm protecting your security. I'm protecting your security. <laughs> oh, God, thank you. I don't you. wish anybody a happy birthday. I like I that. I wish the, you a the, happy birthday. But the cropping I'm, off your carrier thing, that's smart. I'm going to start like doing that. that. That's good. You're my new hero. Yeah, actually, Cashmere, <laughs> this is your beat. So you probably have gotten, you feel like you've gotten better. Because, by the way, the other problem with this being your beat is now you're a target. Yeah. Uh, I try to be better, but like I said, you can't. So security is all about putting up higher walls. Right. But there's Nothing's no perfect. way to yeah. perfectly protect yourself. As uh, Kevin said in his article, he talked to a, a ninja master of security who said, look, if you're walking down the street and ninjas <laughs> jump you, 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 you can't fight them off. But what are the chances of ninjas jumping you? They're very small. So you don't mm-hmm. walk down the street worried at every moment that, a, that somebody's going to jump you, some martial artist is going to kill you because you're not a target. He said, you know, you can be anybody can hack you. If you're a target, just don't be a target. But that, you know, if you're a target, like I hate to say it, some of us might be because of our jobs. Then what do you do? You just make it harder. What is J-Law? Make it as hard as you can. What is J-Law since do? I, since I've actually started writing about security, my Google account, there's someone trying to hack it at least once a month. I've had days where it's like, 
It just keeps yeah. like I just keep like this person yeah. from this country, this person from this country, yeah. this person from this country is trying to get into your because they're trying to get the email. If you can get that email, you yeah. have access to everything. Mm-hmm. What if what if you're a movie star? What do you do? Uh, you pay somebody. And are they good? And do they you get Kevin Mitnick to look out for you? Doesn't would, seem like they're very good, especially for J Law, whose exactly. you know new photos got leaked all over the internet. Well, exactly. Yeah. There's a phishing scheme. Someone tried to fish me this morning for my Twitter account. I almost fell for. Uh, oh, I actually did fall for it. And I had to change the address. It was a very good one because my son had lost his phone. Wait, where is it? I'll even. Show and you. I got a text message saying we we found your iPhone. We found your i. This is Apple. We believe we know where your phone is. Log in to find my iPhone. And I did, and it looked just like find my iPhone. And I started to log in. I went, whoa, hold oh. on. Oh, wait a minute. And I told my son, you're going to get this too. And because he had just lost his phone, it was very credible. We noticed a recent login attempt from an unusual this is device. This phishing email. If this wasn't you, secure your account by resetting your password now. Hi, Roberto Baldwin. It's got the little Twitter bird. If this was you, oh, I like this one. This is the giveaway. Mm-hmm. Just to be safe, please confirm your identity by using this temporary code on Twitter. <laughs> And it's just from, to be safe. Password at Twitter. At, can you spell Twitter correctly? It doesn't yeah. matter. Password at Twitter.com. You can spoof any yeah, email but it's address. Spoof. That's trivial. But, you know, I, I get, I'm like, well. Yeah, and I know, but I know better. If my, if anyone, anyone else, anyone in my family well, gets this, they're like, oh, all That's right. what happened to Kevin. He knew he was about to be hacked and he still fell for it. <laughs> they got a phishing scam on him. And even though he knew that I have, I have now hired professionals to hack me, he still <laughs> fell for it. I do think Kevin was a little bit gullible as that story went along, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we talked about it. I was like, I would never do this. I just would not invite hackers come at me. And I think he has remained paranoid since then because yeah. you know one of the hackers got into his computer. Um, that, they did that a, thing that your 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 brother had happened to him. He yeah. said, "Kevin, you look bored." <laughs> they made the computer talk to him. They were, you know, I definitely have one of these like little stickers. That I put oh yeah, over. I have the sticker on my really laptop because right, they right. got into his computer and it was taking photos of him and taking photos of uh, uh, his his screen like every five minutes. Or every something. once in a while, I just stand up and shake my money maker at my camera, and I figured <laughs> that is sufficient. Is that a deterrent? That's like, a deterrent. Never mind. Never mind. Delete. Oh, delete. Delete. Sorry, I saw that. Oh God. They're, they're using something called a remote access Trojan. And this is something the local news love these because they can really scare them and film at Did 11. Did you know your computer yeah, your is computer's a watching window you. to other yeah. people? Yeah. But is it real? It is real. It's definitely real. And there's definitely there's cases, too, where I mean, this has happened to school kids who are using you know, school-owned computers where they have security programs on them that are essentially spyware. And then they'll take photos of the kids, and then the parents find out, and they sue the school. Um, there's a whole rent-to-own scandal with laptops where the same thing was happening, and the FTC went after the company. Oh, yeah, they that's take right. photos of people you know, having sex, getting out of the shower. You do not want your laptop camera uncovered. Um, it should always be covered. Or. Unless, uh, unless you're doing Skype and, like, I know my camera's on right now. Or you don't give a damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, if, I mean, that that kind of a hack, so what? The, you're oh, okay with uh, J-Law photos of you out on the internet? Yeah, believe me. <laughs> Nobody wants those. But, <laughs> but I would be more concerned about them hacking my bank account than I am about getting pictures of me coming out of the shower. Come on. Nobody wants a picture of me coming out of the shower. Who did that? All right. Anyway, if they get a rat on your computer, they're definitely going to be able to get into your. There's a lot more they could do. Obviously, yeah. 
The Twitter Twitter folks say that our password leak has nothing to do with a <clears throat> breach of Twitter. It was a, a lot of people using the same password on Twitter that they used on other sites. That probably had more to do with the LinkedIn database dump. Do you find that credible? Do you think Twitter is notifying users? In fact, they say we've notified millions of users that uh, that your account may be taken over. The the leak at Social Leak was uh, 33 million usernames and passwords. But Twitter says, no, but they didn't hack us. There's no evidence that they hacked us. Not Social Leak. I made that up. Leaked source. I made up a new place. Social, Social, Social Leak. Leak. Someone get yeah. that URL. <laughs> Yeah, Twitter claims that it, it, that their servers weren't hacked. That either it was yeah. malware that was put on a whole bunch of people's computers. Come on. But and also, I mean, a lot of people do reuse the same password, right. which is a horrible practice. Uh, people have been hearing that for years, and yet they continue to do it. Um, I will once again just say, use a password manager. Yeah, it's always good to promote those. Um, yeah, you really shouldn't use the same password from site to site because sites aren't, huh? They're not good at security, and your password's going to get out. Roger Goodell's account was hacked and uh, used what? to announce his death. That's mean. Oh, the, the NFL. One. Yeah, the NFL commission. Yeah. Two-factor. Why is the giant corporation not using two-factor? Even Evan Williams, the founder of Twitter, was hacked. Come on. Come on. Ev. Um, on you, you, you're a target. If you're a CEO. Yeah, that's the problem, even right? Even if you're a journalist, you should have, you know. You can't have walls like, high be enough. Be more careful. But especially if you're a CEO or any sort of government employee, like. Team get, viewer. Get it together. That's all. <laughs> Somebody in the chat room is pointing out the TeamViewer, which is remote access software, had such poor security, people were using TeamViewer to hack other people with TeamViewer. I hate TeamViewer. I delete that thing every time, I, every chance I get. <laughs> we got to do a team. I'm like, oh, gee. I don't want to do a TeamViewer. Everything. Everything that Cashmere said. Wait. Cashmere said. <laughs> Just do what she said. Do what she like said. They, they never catch these hackers. No. That's a good point. I mean, Still all of there. these breaches, where are all the arrests to go along with it? They're, they're few and far between. No, they hand out Hero of the Soviet Union awards. Yeah. Do you think it's governmental? Some I think is. it's governments that don't care enough to enforce against their own citizens. I wonder if Russians hack Russians, if that isn't a bigger deal than if Russians hack everybody else. We certainly know the Chinese government has a very effective and active hacker corps working for it, but they're not—they're not hacking you and me. They're hacking U.S. companies. They're not, inter they're not interested in splash hacks. They're right. interested in yeah. proprietary. Is that the term splash hacks? Uh, I just made it up. I don't know. I like I that. It. Yeah. Splash <laughs> hacks. Splash hacks. That's your new book. Splash hacks. <laughs> Fifty of the world's greatest. Good book. Headline grabbing, 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 grabbing. Meh. Splash Axe. Splash Axe. What would Harvey Levine say? Oh, he would love, love that. Loves the Splash Axe. Let's take... How's this work again? <laughs> Let, let's take a break. Roberto Baldwin is here. He used to work for Harvey. Now he works at Engadget. Much more respectable. And uh, we'd love having you in. Yay. Yeah. Come here anytime. <laughs> Bring your band next time. Let's okay. do some rock and roll. Yeah, you should end the show with a performance. Wow, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Sing, you could sing do a Prince the show tribute. out. You could do a Prince yes. tribute. Yeah. Sing the show out. Can you do When Doves Cry? Come on. Oh, I'm working on that. Oh. That's a hard one. The, the Prince <laughs> screams are... Ooh. It's like I have to work on the scream for each song. Yeah, because it's Individually, different. yeah. He didn't like to duplicate screams. Yeah. Yeah. It's It doesn't seem like it would... It's, it, it's every really, scream was a unique little... It's stuff really like. tough in every... Yeah. It's, yeah. No one cares about this, really. Not easy being a Prince, <laughs> Prince tribute band.
It is not. But you do the lead, so you have to sing. You have to sing. I'm not singing all the songs. I'm singing, yeah. I think, most of the songs. David Corsi is here also, my good friend, longtime tech watcher and pundit. Worked, he's worked pretty much everywhere. Currently available, if anybody's, <laughs> if anybody's interested, he and his dog Scruffy. Scruffy. They'll come oh, along. I can get, get Scruff. Here comes screen Scruffy. grab, screen grab. Scruffy. Everybody grab the screen. It's, it's uh, Aww. Aww, the kinder, gentler David Corsi. Scruffy the dog, yes. You have mellowed a little, David. You used to be a fire-breathing dragon. Put me in your chair and I'll be a fire-breathing dragon. Really? Oh. Yes. Is that a promise? I promise. Because I'd like to go on vacation soon. <laughs> 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 I could take some time off. Also, I'll have here. The studio moved oh. by the time. <laughs> we'll oh. be in Tracy. I'll come back and say, where'd the studio go? It's in Tracy. <laughs> Scruffy has it now. Also from Fusion.net. The wonderful Cashmere Hill. Great to have you. Do people call you Cash? A lot of people call me Cash. cash. Do you, do you like it? Yeah, do you like it? Is a better question. Kind of my internet name. I mean, it's cash. my Twitter handle. It's Cash, cash Hill. Uh, now, is it Cash or Cash? Uh, I prefer Cash. Not Cash. People do call me Cash. Cash. I, like I don't cash. like Cash because it's like business casual or something. Oh. <laughs> like <laughs> <a> casual Friday. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> Cashmere Hill is the, is the uh, the mullet of tech reporters. She's all she's business in front <laughs> and cash in back. Cashmere the first time I've been called that. No, I don't know. <laughs> I'm working on it. It's not. It's a work in progress. I'm sorry. I apologize. Our show today brought to you by Squarespace. And David, just jump in anytime. Squarespace. I love it's, Squarespace. It's where I do my blog. Uh, it's inexpensive. It's inexpensive. It always is there. They have great technical support. I'm not a big user of the most current version. N5FDL.com is on an earlier version, and I've been using it oh, for five Oh, you got to try the new Squarespace. It's so oh, awesome. Oh, I have tried it. It is really cool. And if you have lots of cool pictures, it helps. Yeah. It's great for artwork. I mean, if you have anything visual, I can't imagine go if you had a gallery or something it's or a bunch of products. That. Yeah. Yeah, if you have pictures, that it's, it's great. Like pictures of Scruffy? Scruffy well, could be the Scruffy, Scruffy, Scruffy World, Cam. Do it. Yeah. Yeah, Scruffy World. They now have Scruffy World. They now have um, these new templates. You were talking about the new kind of modern style. They now have these uh, grid-style landing pages. They're, they're five new magazine-style templates. Grid-style landing pages, infinite scroll, related posts appear at the bottom, uh, author profiles. You can have multiple contributors. You know, I see magazines and, and, and you know, Places, you know, saying how great our CMS is and you don't, they must spend millions of dollars on this stuff. So easy to do a magazine on Squarespace. I don't know why more of them don't just do it. It's, it's the ultimate CMS and, and you can do it all right there. Uh, in fact, uh, I do it for my blog and I'm just, just me, but so many people use Squarespace. Squarespace has commerce too. In fact, it's the only platform that lets the commerce, the, the shopping cart, Look exactly the same as your design. It all is seamless, and I really like them for that. Go to squarespace.com and, and take a look at it. Members who have built or contributed to more than uh, to three or more active Squarespace websites will have access to Squarespace Circle. Circle membership includes advanced guides, optimized support, six-month trial periods, six-month trial periods for new projects, and more. That is a nice deal to kind of reward you, a frequent flyer plan for Squarespace users. And by the way, they now do domains. They'll sell domains directly. So if you have a, like David did, you got an idea for a site, 
but you don't you haven't yet set up the site they will sell uh, you a domain name from the 200 of the top level domains that's pretty much all of them and then you register your domain and they give you a beautiful spam free parking page until you're ready to start building so and you can use the cover pages even just to create a, a cover page of you know you and scruffy uh, right there it on is the front. gorgeous. It's easy. Square space is gorgeous. It's easy. It is highly flexible. <clears throat> you can change it on the fly. Back back during the big flood in New York, I think it was Sandy, their generator for their data center was like up on the 16th floor yeah. of their building. Yeah. And they were huffing diesel fuel, 16 <laughs> flights of stairs in order to keep the servers going. They are committed. That takes a to... little bit. Of, yeah, I, I was trading support mails with them. He says, keep going, keep going, yep. keep going. And Com it was incredible what they were doing. Committed to, to your my website. Yep. Yeah, to come to keep my website going. It was remarkable. You cannot bring a Squarespace site down. We've tried again and again and again. It's just fantastic. Look, I wanted you to try it. Uh, you can try it for free always at squarespace.com, but if you decide to buy 10% off, which means you should buy, you know, like a year, whole year plan and get the maximum savings if you use the offer code TWIT. Squarespace. No credit card required. I know, I know. I like that. You just do set up a set up a site and try it. We have a friend, Alex Lindsay, who he'll go to a business, typically a restaurant, and say, where's your website? And they say, we don't have one. And before the meal is over, he'll set up a Squarespace site for them. Said, you got two weeks. Enjoy. <laughs> and if you want it, just, you know, pay him. But I designed a site for you. It's, I think, really cool. Squarespace.com. Uh, Zuck is going to do a live Q&A on Facebook. What do you guys think about uh, what's going on with Facebook? They're really moving into the media, becoming a media company. They're moving into just doing what as many things as possible to not become MySpace. I think. Is <laughs> well, Facebook like, oh, we're Live, gonna VR. Let's do live. Yeah. Let's do Facebook this. Live's let's, pretty impressive. You saw Mark interviewing the uh, International Space Station astronauts on Facebook oh, Live. Yeah. That was kind of cool. Uh, he's going to do the same thing for himself. They're going to June fourteenth, two thirty p.m. Eastern. Uh, they're going to let you ask questions of Mark Zuckerberg. I think that's a brave thing to do. I can't think of a lot of other CEOs. Well, it's, I mean, it's brave in the fact that everything is going to be go through filters. I mean, but it is live. Yeah, but they'll still have. I mean, they've they've had the live sort of like yeah, actually the like president town hall president's before. done it. So it can, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, it's it's not like out. he's going to be answering every like crazy hard question. Yeah, that people are like, why are you deleting people's uh, you know synced mess, uh, photos what? from their phones? And making us down moments instead. That's probably not going to get gonna, it. Not going to make <laughs> it through. Or he'll already have an answer for that. Right. Another thing to think about with this is, is it going to become like, say, a television network with pre-scheduled stuff? For example, uh, former Secretary Robert Reich, you know, the, oh, what, the Bernie supporter has scheduled like 12 noon on Thursdays or something. He does office hours and does those cool drawings and answers questions and stuff like that. And if you happen to know it, you'll know to tune in. And if you're on at the time, you may see a note that says, Robert Reich is on, is live now. But at what point do I go to a directory of, th of everybody who's going to be on in the next three or four days? I mean, is that really Facebook or is that something else? I don't know the answer to that you know, question. Periscope does that. A lot of people do that, right? I think that's a nice thing to do, a directory. Of, but if they you, haven't done that. I don't yeah, know I, I think if you, I mean, that's that, that would be a smart idea. That yeah. doesn't mean Facebook. I don't know if do it's it. a nice thing to do. I think that sort of breaks the relationship between users and the communities that they have. But it's also part of the oh, what 
the tasty videos that mm. show up all the time and all of this new video content that's designed. And they do a pretty good job once they started telling the story in uh, captions rather than making you listen to it. Those things became really you know, useful. And people are, you know, I watch a lot of them now because you just scroll past, you watch it till you're bored, you scroll on up. I'm sorry to do that with my hand. And uh, it goes away. But it, does that make what does that do to Facebook you know, overall? I don't know. I say Facebook's more useful than it used to be. Still a lot of things wrong with Facebook, particularly if you're trying to be an administrator or try to do a nonprofit or something like that on Facebook. But I like Facebook now a lot more than I did two years ago, which is sort of saying something. I'm sad to say, uh, I, by the way, this is a great service that Facebook does, the Facebook safety check. They've never had to use it in the U.S. Yes. until... I'm sad to say today, this is uh, they've used it in other disasters and terrorist attacks. Uh, remember Paris, um, where you could go, you could find your friends, uh, friends who were in the Orlando area after the horrific shooting um, at the nightclub last night. Um, and so they're the first time they've activated this. Um, and you can go there and see if your friends are in the affected area. And if you are in the affected area, you can let your friends know if you're safe. But that's that is a sad thing, and yet I have to commend I have to commend them. I mean, I think they do a good job. They took some heat for the choice of places that they would use this safety check because they did Paris, but not was it Beirut or or no uh, Turkey, Istanbul, Turkey, yeah, Istanbul, they did, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, yeah, it was, they did Paris, but they didn't do Paris. right. Um, so, but you know, they're learning. Enough they'll, bad they'll things are happening. More. You probably could do it all the time. I'm yeah, sorry yeah. to say. I mean. it's... Facebook's a company. They're there to make money. I think, you know, this sort of, these sort of features are socially, not just talk about social, but are, are, are great. Um, and, and, and to, to your argument that, you know, is, are there, is it going to be a, like a television station? Is there going to be a schedule? I can see Facebook probably doing that in the future with something like with, with the live videos. I but, think they want to be careful not to look like a media outlet, Right. But they want everyone to go to. They, they, they want, want you to stay there. within there. Yeah. And if you if they can say, well, you know, this person that you follow is going to be showing a video at you know Thursdays at noon. You know, we can put it in like you know like events. You, you know? know where maybe an opportunity for Facebook. Uh, both Facebook and Google are going to be big presences at the Republican and Democratic uh, nominating conventions yeah. this year. And uh, while there may not be a lot of news there, there's also the potential. That there could be big news in either convention if Bernie Sanders takes on Hillary Clinton or the Republican elite take on Donald Trump. There could be a lot of stories there. And to, at this point, I still, like from the primary night, still went to CNN or MSNBC. Mm -hmm. But I think that we're at close to an inflection point where people will go to Facebook mm -hmm. because there'll be, there'll be news, there'll be live video, there'll be their friends, there'll be conversation, that it might be a better place to get that kind of story. Because you, you can't, you know, if you share a live video, you can have that conversation with your friends in the comments. I can't have that conversation on CNN. Yeah. I can't have it on MBC. It becomes much more interactive. Yeah. yeah. If Fusion is there and they're doing a live video, if Engadget's there. Do you, you guys know. use that uh, Facebook at all uh, at Fusion? Yeah, I was actually watching Facebook Live today with um, Jorge Ramos, um, who is our excellent anchor. Uh, and he was driving to Orlando and just talking about, um, you know, Obama's statements about the... Orlando shooting and, you know, what he was hoping to do in Orlando. Um, so, yeah, we've been using it, using it a bit. Uh, What's your sense? Is it is it working? Is it a useful platform? 
Yeah, I mean, it's just a huge. The thing is, Facebook is just such a such a huge audience. Like, I'm shocked you guys don't do this week in tech through Facebook Live as well. I've uh, thought about it. You know, I don't know. Um, I I don't know. I mean, on the one hand, if you're a, a, a outlet, a media outlet, it's great to get more eyeballs on you. But at the same time, you go to Facebook, and in a way, you're in Facebook's. You're playing in Facebook's yeah. land. You're giving up everything you're to giving, Facebook. They're getting it all. Hold on, Leo. Yeah. See if they will pay you to do this. They pay the New York Times. They should pay Leo Laporte. I, I worry about my audience too, because I mean, uh, are they? What are they doing with the information they're gleaning about the people going there to, yeah. to watch that? I just. I, I just don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm really torn about it. it. And I don't think there's a rush to get there. I think it's okay if I, if I say, I'm going to wait a year and see. I don't know. It's an interesting question. I, if if I'm Fusion, replace... I do it for sure if I'm Fusion. Absolutely. I mean, Fusion... I was going to say, you may have to try to replace Kashmir. Here's Gil's <laughs> show. No. She'll already be there, and you won't. Well, now, you don't have a so, so Fusion is uh, a television network, as a cable network, as much as it is a website. Uh, uh, I think it's very interesting, as long as the cable companies don't give you a hard time. When, when we did Tech TV, it was in our cable contracts. You may not put more than 10 minutes of an hour on, a, on, a, on a, the Internet. Mm -hmm. We don't want to undermine our nicely paying cable customers by giving them the chance to look at this uh, over the top i bet you those days are gone i bet you fusion doesn't have to make those deals anymore i am not intimately uh right. familiar with our contract uh, our cable contract but on super tuesday we did do um we did like the traditional show on air uh, with the election results coming in and then we also had the facebook live show at the same time um so it was really interesting was it not was it going the... back and forth between so but it was a different it was a different show no, it was the same show. It was, the same it was show. broadcast in both places okay. at the same time. So clearly, you don't have those restrictions. And if <laughs> I, I were and, <laughs> and, and absent those restrictions, I would I would have done it. We would have done it on tech TV because uh, one of the hardest things about doing cable television is getting on cable, getting into cable homes. It's murder. It's hugely expensive. Mm -hmm. Paul Allen spent more than three hundred million dollars, lost more than three hundred million dollars trying to get into forty-four million homes. The internet. You go on Facebook, you're in a billion and a half people's browsers instantly uh, at no cost to you and so if i were you know today i think you absolutely do that you absolutely go to facebook as long as you don't have restrictions preventing you from doing that it's just more eyeballs why not it's so easy instead of having to say i want to get on comcast you say well i'm on facebook plus you get the value of people are browsing and they're going to come across it there's a there i think it's easier to get get in front of people uh by doing that you can share everything and they interact with you yeah which is also very interesting we did when facebook live came out i did a little bit of uh, one of our shows actually i did the whole thing on facebook live um and we got some good engagement i can't remember it was thirty six thousand, something like that forty thousand views i don't know it's fun to be live I did. Uh, well, we're live. I mean, that's the thing yeah. is I don't need this is the other side of that equation mm -hmm. is we've been doing this for 10 years. I don't need Facebook live because I figured out you've been live Facebook. for a while. Yeah. At least a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks. Now. <laughs> a couple of weeks. Now. Yeah. In a way, I feel it's kind of feel bad because like, God, I spent a lot of money inventing this. <laughs> then along comes <laughs> Facebook. Darn it. And it made it easy. You All you kids. Phone and a... Anybody could do it. Our show today brought to you by FreshBooks, a super simple cloud accounting system. When I was a freelancer, 
it was the biggest pain. I loved doing what I did. I loved my work. I loved doing the shows. I loved it. The thing I hated on the 30th of every month, sitting down and doing invoices, hated it so much, I often didn't do it. And you know what I learned? You don't send an invoice, you don't get paid. And that wasn't a really tenable situation. Fortunately, I was very lucky. I knew somebody named Amber MacArthur, and we were up there in Toronto doing the TV show up there, and she said, and I was complaining about sending invoices. I think I was telling her the story of not sending invoices for six months and then getting really getting in trouble with the accounting department when I finally sent six months of invoices all at once. She said, Leo, you got to find out about FreshBooks. It was a, just a, it was just starting up about 10 years ago in Toronto. They are great, great. Now 5 million small business owners use <laughs> FreshBooks to, to create their invoices, to send them out, to get paid faster, to keep track of time and hours with their app, to... Uh, to get insights into what they're doing, you can find out whether a client's paid you or not. If you can find out whether a client looked at the invoice or not. No more can clients say, oh, I, your invoice, I didn't get that. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. And if the client is slow to pay, FreshBooks takes care of it. They'll send out a little re polite reminder to help you get paid faster. I wish they'd had this, too. They have a new feature, project deposit feature, super handy. You can invoice for a payment up front when you're kicking off a project so you don't have to pay out of pocket and wait to get reimbursed. That's just a small token of all the fun, fabulous things FreshBooks can do for you. You didn't get into business to do the paperwork, but you got to do it. Let FreshBooks help. If you are uh, somebody, a provider that goes into people's homes, maybe you're a contractor, a plumber, maybe you set up AV systems, you'll love their EMV chip card enabled card reader that goes right to the FreshBooks software. You plug it into your iPhone. You, you can do the whole thing without leaving the premises. You present them with your your bid. They accept it. You do the work. You present them with the invoice. They sign it. And then you, put, you swip, pull out the chip card, the card reader, and they can dip the chip or swipe the stripe and pay you right there on the spot. All through FreshBooks. It's awesome. Try it today. 30 days free. FreshBooks.com slash twit. It is amazing. We do want to, since we mentioned the uh, Orlando tragedy, we do want our hearts and prayers go out to all the people in Orlando. It's just a terrible thing. Uh, um, Pride Week is normally such a celebration here in the Bay Area and all over the world. And what a terrible, uh, terrible pall to put over it. And my God, 50 people. Just, it's, it's unimaginable. Unimaginable. You were saying before the show, uh, David, that uh, you can blame the Internet for this. Is that what you said? Depending uh, on how the shooter was radicalized, ah. certainly we know that ISIS uses the Internet as a major tool, that everything that makes the world a little smaller, you know, inexpensive They're very savvy, aren't they? Yeah. They're, they're, they're the savviest thing we've ever come up against. And it's hard for us to defeat them. I mean, they have lots of advantages in this that just being big doesn't give you. So, but I think, yeah, in a way, I'm going to say that that's the argument against democracy in general and freedom in general is that some will take advantage of that. And of course, you could say, well, we need a police state. That's the way to security. It's, it, but it's not the way we want to live. Yeah. And so, well, uh, yes, of course, scale. they can take advantage of these things, but. Do we want to live in a place where, uh, well, we're maybe we're a little safer 
but uh, there's a little less freedom. I don't think so, and I don't think that's the choice well, we want to make. That's not necessarily the the choice. With the internet, is would you like to be a little safer, or do you want one day Amazon delivery? Would would it be okay <laughs> if you just went up to the Target? Wait store a minute, how, what does Amazon up? delivery yes. have to do no, with? I'm just I'm just saying that the technology that enables all of these cool things that we like also enables all kinds of terrible things that we don't like. Yeah. And we haven't found a good way to have the good stuff without also enabling the bad stuff. That's just humans. Always. Yeah. We've all, that's, 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 I mean, that's a problem we've always had as, as a species. Is that I, we can't have good stuff without bad stuff because people... People are people. People are people and they can be incredibly horrible. I mean, and, and this, but I'd still choose freedom. And I, what I what I hate to see is the FBI, and I'm sure that the FBI and, and federal law enforcement is doing this because they want to protect us. I'm not a, a, in any way implying that they have some subterranean agenda to take over the planet, mm-hmm. um, but they continue to push for uh, new powers, new ways to uh, invade in our privacy. The, uh, you probably saw what the Department of Justice published or proposed a rule change uh, that would let the uh, FBI's NGI or Next Generation Identification Database uh, be exempt of the Privacy Act. This is a fingerprint, face print, iris scan, information like scent, your smell, your gait, your voice prints, all sorts of biogra- biometric information about people. Um People not only who have been arrested, but people who have applied for jobs and got FBI background checks, anything they can collect, exempt from any privacy protections. Um, the DOJ wants to allow the FBI to make judgments about people based on what they know from that database, even if it's not accurate. Bar ordinary people from getting information from the database about what's in there, so you can't verify it. No, I don't smell like that. That's not my scent. I'm a Chanel number five guy. Um, Bar people from correcting inaccurate information held about them. Uh, And probably most important, provide itself immunity so that the FBI cannot be sued if it violates your rights or breaks the law using this next generation identification system. They want access to your Internet records without a warrant. They're seeking congressional authority to expand the NSL, the National Security letters so that they can be used to get information about you and about your browsing, your internet history. Uh, And by the way, no judge ever sees those subpoenas, let alone approves them. I mean, it just goes on and on. I, I don't, I, I agree. We want to live in a safer world. We don't want ISIS to win by any means, but, uh, but what, what are we willing to give up? Yeah, it really seems like the government response to terror attacks has just been like, we need more information. Um, We need to be able to gather more information. You know, encryption is getting in our way. And so we've seen, you know, a bill introduced to uh, make end-to-end encryption that can't be broken uh, impossible. But the other thing that these attacks have in common is the use of guns. And we just haven't seen much movement on that beyond, you know, the Obama executive order about developing, putting more resources into developing smart gun technology. Um, But still, you know, if somebody buys a gun, then smart gun technology is going to allow them to use it. Uh, So it's just, it's interesting that we keep focusing on information gathering uh, and not on the other uh, part of these attacks. Well, for better or for worse, go ahead. I will hazard a guess 
that none of you have ever sat in a sheriff's department uh, office at three o'clock in the morning when there was a missing child looking at very confidential information about sex offenders, trying to figure out if any of those sex offenders might have something to do with the missing child. And I will tell you that if I could have gotten more information about those people, I would have done whatever was necessary to get that child home. I understand. And- I understand that, David. But if you were in that database inaccurately and you had no way to know it or correct it, that would be a huge offense against you, wouldn't it? If you don't have the kid and we knock on your door and say, sir, might you have a kid? And you say no and we walk away. How much damage was done to you? Yeah. Well, usually in that database. Knock on your door. Yeah, it's usually, usually not they, a knock uh, on your door. And it's yeah, also the government's, the government's like, uh, you know, MO has been to get information from everybody. So now it's just got all this noise. They're not getting a lot of signal with their. Well, that's a larger question. Yeah. They're, this they're a, just like, even let's just get everybody. Let's get all right. the metadata. And that doesn't help them. And just, you know, instead of targeting you know, individuals, they're, they're targeting everyone, which creates a huge problem. On Friday, the direct deputy director of the NSA said that they are looking to use the Internet of Things and specifically biomedical devices to collect information about people. They want to spy on your pacemaker. They want to, they want to gather information about you uh, on biomedical devices installed in you. And, of course... I look at I I agree with you David. I understand their heart is in the right place. We're not saying that. Uh I'm not saying that, and I think there are people saying that. I'm not going to I'm not willing to say that the NSA is uh somehow extra governmental and trying to take over our liberties. I think they're working to make us safer. They believe this is what they need to do to make us safer. But at the same time, uh I think there this is a constitutional republic and we well, have I'm- and we have certain protections and I think overstepping those protections because they think it makes us safer is not a good solution. Well, show me the damages. We remember J. Edgar Hoover. We remember Richard Nixon. Where are the people who claim damages because of these programs? I think a lot of people think they're way too special. You know, think that somehow there's something that is knowable about them that everybody is going to care about and is going to be incredibly. No, they don't care. There's so much data out there. They have to really want to come and get you in particular in order to use this information. But the thing is, what if they do want to come and get you and they find out that you've broken a law, not where you live, but maybe in three states over? But But they have that information on you. You broke the law. And and, and they can use that information if you're a target. They can use David minor you're, you're, offenses. You're verging on that statement of, well, if you have nothing to fear, why would you? If you've done nothing wrong, why would you fear this? And I, that really, well, you don't, you're not saying that, though. right? No, but it's the trade-off. If you want a Fitbit on your wrist and you know it's not secure because they're not very secure, if you want a browser that you know is not very secure, it's a trade-off that you make that people are going to rightly or wrongly be able to get at your data that's what i was getting at is is the convenience of the internet worth the crime you know the the hidden tax in everything we do for internet crime that we don't even add up because people if we knew it people would revolt on the internet if they knew how much theft occurs over the internet so it just never comes up how much banks pay how much credit card companies pay how much everybody pays in order for us to have the convenience of the internet is that convenience worth what we're paying for it in dollars in security in whatever 
you know, should should consumers be able to make a better a better equation of what they give and what they get? Because we already, with all of these terms of services we all sign, God only knows how much data that we willingly give to businesses that we don't want the government to have. Well, right, that's foolishness. Well, but doesn't businesses can't throw us into prison? Yeah, I, I'm not going to get thrown in prison by Fitbit. Um, no, businesses I mean, just I make sure you never get an apartment. To- I do think you need to keep in mind that there are many damages that you yourself have not had to suffer. I mean, people that end up on terror watch lists, people who can't fly because they end up on a list. I mean, with the the recent death of Muhammad Ali, Muhammad Ali and Martin Luther King were put under essentially illegal surveillance for their beliefs. I mean, this is stuff that has happened and will continue to happen. And so you do need boundaries on the kind of information gathering that happens um, so that those like terrible edge cases that really threaten civil liberties don't happen. I don't well know said. that Martin Luther King being surveilled threatened my civil liberties, but it threatened I, his. You, hold on, we found <laughs> and it sort of and it tried it. to undermine the civil rights movement. <laughs> yeah, we is, found out he was so having affairs would, and mean, a bunch of other things. But no, I'm saying that's. Those things don't shouldn't happen. J. Edgar Hoover wrote him a letter saying you should commit suicide. Here's what we know about you. I mean, if we had told, I I mean, admittedly, that was a long time ago. But I have to say, there is plenty of evidence of government malfeasance with this information, and giving them more information is not making them any more responsible. Not as recent malfeasance. I agree with you about J. Edgar Hoover, the man who couldn't be fired because of what he knew about everybody right. and had real life physical there you go. agents there you everywhere. Go. No, he should have been in jail. No yeah. question about that. Yeah. But you don't think but, there's a chance of a modern J. Edgar Hoover using this I mean, information inappropriately? That we're unaware we of? If, if you do I want to find out fun. about more recent malfeasance, I mean, talk to animal rights activists uh, who have really, in the last 10 years, had kind of horrible things done to them really? That's interesting. Uh, in the name of surveillance. Uh, and, it is and, surprising. Yeah. I, I like, and I, I have no, I have, I have nothing to back this up. I don't have any information to back. After nine eleven, um, I was on Greenpeace and PETA's uh, mailing lists. I, I'm a vegetarian. I believe in animal rights. Blah blah blah. I flew for the next five years post nine eleven. I was always pulled aside for all my luggage being checked. I couldn't fly anywhere without. They're like, oh, we've you know, randomly pulled you aside to check your luggage every time. I read it just a devil. And I don't have any facts. I mean, it could have been yeah. completely random. I mean, I the odds are pretty, like, high, but... I think it's there's a lot you, of evidence this yeah. goes on. I read a very disturbing piece in Medium this week by a, a UI designer who was trying to go to England to give a talk who was detained for two days and then eventually dis- deported for no, really no apparent reason, but mm-hmm. just kind of petty, uh, you know, um, bureaucracy. Uh, and really, this, it was a shameful uh, story. It was just uh, devastating. I, I can't find it. I'm going to try to find her name and uh, and give you a link to it. But the TSJ people were very nice to me about it. But I was yeah, they're polite. Oh. They were very polite the entire time when they were going yeah. through all of my you know luggage. But you know it, it's it's hard not to you know. And I'm no longer you're on this list. That. You're only saying that because you want to be yeah. able to. Flex, I'm already really. on a list now. Yeah, you're back. <laughs> so on I'm on a baby. list, and then you start covering security, and you're you're, you're definitely on another list, and then yeah. And I think that's what's so hard about it is when it's that kind of Kafka-esque 
you know, you 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 have this sense that you're on the list. Yeah. You're probably on the list, yeah. uh, but there's no way for you to check, and there's no way for you to challenge it. And and that is what is at the heart of that debate over this um, database that the FBI has. Just the idea that they're making it even harder uh, to do anything about it if you're kind of in there wrongfully, or if there's information that's incorrect about you in databases. Even Uber and Lyft actually signed onto the letter of all these civil liberty organizations objecting to. Um, the secrecy of that that biometric database. Uh. Well, and right now we have people, though, whose heads are exploding because the apparent killer in Orlando had been interviewed twice by the FBI but was still able to go out and buy weapons, I guess, last week that were used in this assault. And and these people say, well, how the guy had been, how could they let him do this when he had been interviewed by the FBI twice and they let him go? And you say, because he was an American citizen, stupid. Right. right. So it's called civil liberties. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't like that, but what do you do until we come up with something better to predict crime and radicalization? You know, what do we do? Uh, don't sell people uh, AR-15s. Yeah, that that would be. Scary. Yeah, with big. Ma- I grew up a lot magazines. of guns, and I've shot an AR-15. I'm from a small town, yeah. And so my family's, we've always had guns. I, when I was eight years old, that was my birthday present. Was a gun, an AR-15. No, no, nice. I got a, like a that 22. Was, I got a 20, when I when I graduated from high school, I got a nine millimeter. Like in this is way, so this is the culture I'm from, yeah. and then and now I'm a vegetarian. I live in San Francisco. Blah blah blah. But you wonder an, why you know an assault rifle is. That's, no hunt, you know. You hunt just, like yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, there's, there's, it's only for killing people. That is exactly what it's made for, and it shouldn't be sold to people. And this is some, you know, and like I said, I grew up with guns, and I've, sh- I've, I've actually shot these guns, and it's, it's, they're frightening because you're like, when am I going to shoot with this besides a, a human? Right. Well, I hate to end on a down note, but I think this is a good uh, place to. Series going to be updated tomorrow. We. Tony Awards. There we go. John's jumping in down because we want to go home and watch the Tony Awards. Or as we're calling the them around here, the Hamiltonies. Exactly. Yes. I feel bad. I have a friend who was nominated for a Tony Award this year. Uh, and I sent him a note saying, well, I'm sorry it was this year. <laughs> hmm. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Uh, thank you, everybody. Boy, this was great. Lots of fun. Cashmere Hill, you're fabulous. Please come back. Uh, we love having you on fusion.net and cash hill on the twitter and what are you what are you working on these days um, Anything? sorry in my head i'm just making like game of tony's jokes <laughs> um, <laughs> um we what am i working on uh you know the the usual privacy security stuff we didn't even talk about my ip mapping story oh uh, I love that we'll have story. To talk about next time I'm on. It, it, it's not too old. I guess we could talk about it. I mean that. Oh no no, that's the end. But we we'll, we can talk about it next time. I yeah. loved that story. I forgot to mention that this was the one uh, where it turns out there are a handful of companies that are matching IP addresses to locations, and there's this one poor family in the Midwest uh, who people are constantly coming to their house, yelling at them. And FBI agents and IRS agents, and it, it turned out that they were the 
sometimes an IP mapping database, they don't know like exactly where an IP address is. And so they'll assign it to a default location um, in a state or in a city. And they had one that was the default location for the entire United States. And it's it was in Kansas. And now we're out of Wichita, rural right? Rural farmhouse in Kansas. <laughs> and so um, every time you think you've been scammed or, you know, spammed or stolen from on the Internet and they don't know where it was, they just know the IP address is somewhere in the U.S., it's this farmhouse in Kansas that gets shown on the map. And these poor people, how long have they lived there? Um, the the it's been in the Taylors. family, the 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 Volgaman actually, the Volgamans, her that's data right. name, yeah. um, for uh, for a hundred years. And wow. you know, I met I met her. She like grew up on the farm without electricity uh, initially. They didn't get like an indoor uh, bathroom until she was fifteen. And so it was just amazing that this place is became like the center of the internet and had all of these problems. Um, Anyways, I'm kind of like on the lookout for another good internet mystery this, like that. So I want to nominate you to... for a Pulitzer for this story because it was awesome. And it came out in April, which is the only reason I didn't bring it up. But you're, but I've been meaning to say thank you because what an incredible uh, – what work you did what, put into this. And it was, what, it was MaxMind. It was a company that does Mind. internet mapping, uh, mapping IP addresses to physical locations. Just decided, yeah, if it's uh, in the continental United States, we don't know any better, we'll put it here. In Kansas, at this people's house. It was so crazy. But if there are any uh, This Week in Tech viewers who have some insane tech mystery, some insane tech problem that they want to tell me about, I have gotten great stories from viewers in the in the past. Yes. Um, yes. So please send them to me. I'm at Cashel on Twitter, and my DMs are open, which is unfortunate. I get a lot brave. of spam no. and... and uh, She's uh, brave. I wouldn't do of that. inappropriate never, things. Never, <laughs> never in a million years would I do that. By the way, did you write the uh, subtitle, The Hills Have IPs? Was that your... I'm very punny. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's, that's a I double Pulitzer at. for that. You get the Pulitzer <laughs> Pun Award. Thank you, Cash. Great to have you. Thank you so much, yeah, Roberto man. Baldwin. That's Always. Really yeah, you guys are great. This was a good panel. We'll do this. We'll, we'll get this group together one more time. Yeah, party. Yeah. <laughs> Roberto Baldwin. His Prince uh, tribute is coming up. July 8th. July San Francisco 8th. at the rickshaw stop. At the rickshaw stop. So if you live in the city or in the Bay Area. Come see him. You love Prince. Who you want to come and sing along. That's like, I'm a huge, I'm like, I want people to like come oh, and fun. like, it's, I want everyone singing. I want everyone dancing. It's, yeah. It says, oh, wow, wow. We actually, we have a vocoder we're using for oh, that. Oh, that's easy. Yeah, we got Much a vocoder easier. for that. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's hard. We were like, I'm like, they're like, can you make that noise? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, wait, we have a vocoder that's on this for. synth over that's what here. It's Let's for. For this. all we know, that's yeah. how Prince did it. Yeah, I'm sure it was probably a vocoder. Yeah, yeah. And uh, of course, you catch Roberto on Engadget. Engadget.com. You mention your your day job too. I'm a. I know you're a. I write about star. technology and cars and cars and security and stuff. stuff. And uh, David Corsi, what what a thrill to get you. I was going to say back, but since you've never been on, get you on for the first time. I think we well, worked together. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, I think we've worked together. But anyway, I, I, I remember you fondly. <laughs> oh. And by the way, you lived up. You lived up to your billing. You were great. Thank you for being here. What was my billing? Hold on. What was? Did the dog get into my billing? You're the dragon, the tech dragon. There you go. Right but, there. Well, you said I was nicer than you remembered me as yeah, I thought. Yeah, I thought you were kind of a firebrand in your youth. You you almost lived up to your bill. Almost. Well, as I said, give me the chair. I'll come raise hell. <laughs> I need a dragon, my friend. I need a dragon. The mother Thank of dragons, David Corsi. <laughs>
And God bless the people in Orlando. Yes, absolutely. We all. We Khaleesi Corsi. Yeah. It's Khaleesi Corsi. Well, I have I like asked it. Mr. Cynic is one of my handles. That's good. And too. Tech Insider <laughs> was the other one. So, you know. That's good, too. Hey, thank you all for being here. We thank our live audience for joining us. Email tickets at twit.tv. We'll put a chair out for you. We love having you in the studio. Everybody watching at home, too. We do this show 3 p.m. Uh, Sunday afternoons, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. That's 2200 UTC if you want to tune in live and join us at irc.twit.tv, our chat room. If you can't, though, on-demand versions of all the shows available at the website, twit.tv, uh, and also wherever you get your podcasts. Just subscribe. That way you'll get every episode. We don't want you to miss an episode. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next time. Another twit is in the can. Bye-bye. Yay! Yay! You guys are so good.